The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you on Pirate Radio 92. 0.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. We are live online at PR927FM.com. And you can watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. You can see our latest videos, including Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, Holt Nailers, Jeff Charles uh, talked earlier today. Sean Bailey with Brian Medor. We got a ton of interviews up from earlier this afternoon. Right now, available for you to watch in their entirety on YouTube. So make sure you are a subscriber to Pirate Radio TV. You can watch this program and the Brian Bailey Show there as well. All right, we are locked and loaded. It's game week, and we're already behind because the Pirates play on Thursday. We don't have a full run-up to Saturday like we usually do. So we're going to have a lot of fun these next three days getting you ready for Thursday, and then Thursday, 3.30, it's the Bud Light pregame tailgate, four hours of pregame coverage, taking you up to the 7.30 kickoff, East Carolina and Appalachian State. Coming up in about 30 minutes, we'll check in with Double B, Brian Bailey, talk about everything going on in the world of football, including right here at ECU. At 4 o'clock, we'll talk to the captain, Shane Carden, will join us on the Fixed NC Live line. Shane doing some high school football head coaching of his own, Talk about what he's up to and also get his thoughts on the Pirates heading into the season opener. We'll hear from Mike Houston, his comments from earlier today in the 4 o'clock hour. And also the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, going to break down some week one college football action for us coming up at around 440. At 5 o'clock, Troy D will be alongside. We'll hear from uh, Blake Harrell, uh, Holt Nailers, and more later on in hour number three. Ellerby joins me to kick off a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Ellerby, busy times. It is game week. We are fired up and ready to go. It is exciting. You hit me with a question with 30 seconds before we came on the air. And I've been thinking about that the whole time you've been talking. And uh, I think my answer is going to be never. I think the Pirates have never played on the Thursday before Labor Day to open the season. Never. I know the Pirates have played on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend because that was the Hail Mary Tulsa. against Tulsa. And they played on the Monday. That was the John Thompson. Oh, Cincinnati. That was the John Thompson game. But I don't think you asked us, you asked me before the show, 36, has East Carolina ever played on the Thursday before uh, Labor Day to open the season? 
And I don't think the Pirates, I think the Pirates, Pirates have either played on that Saturday a majority of the time and those two other Sunday, times that, that Sunday, Monday. But I don't believe East Carolina has ever opened on a Thursday, to my recollection. Because I think the other Charlotte games against South Carolina and I know West Virginia at the beginning of the years before were always on a Saturday. So uh, I don't recall in my pirate history of 40 plus years of going to games that uh, the Pirates have, have ever opened on, and really basically in the last 20 years to 25 years, because Thursday night football the previous 15 years wasn't that big of a deal, and there had been no reason for East Carolina to be on football on Thursday in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, Steve Hill uh, asked, what's in the cup clipper? Uh, that would be Pepsi in the cup today. Yes. Robert says he thinks it's going to be a wet one coming up on Thursday. We you now had lunch with some friends today, and they pulled up their AccuWeather, and they said Tuesday, Wednesday is supposed to be wet in Charlotte, but uh, I think dry on uh, by the time it gets around to Thursday in Charlotte. But uh, I'm not a weatherman. I'm just a f- guy that has a friend with a smartphone. Steve also asked the prediction, score prediction for Thursday. I'll ask Ellerby since this could be his last on-air appearance until the kickoff, but I will save mine for later. I'm going to pull a Troy D and save mine for later Ooh, in the week. Ooh, you're such a tease, Clipper. I'm save mine for such later. Such a tease. Such if you would tease. like to chime in with a question or comment, you can do so right there on Facebook Live. Ellerby, do you uh, you have a score prediction? Can I tease mine for another 15 minutes till I leave? Wow. All right. When, How about that? Before Ellerby leaves this chair in this segment, he will give away his official score prediction. There we go. All right. So uh, that is interesting. You, you reminded me of that Monday John Thompson first game. Was that like Pirate Radio's first game? Yep. That was the first game we ever did. I remember that, LRB, because I was putting in BACA with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I'm in uh, a tractor or a truck for a lot of the day with the radio going the whole time. And a couple of things I remember. First of all, I remember like a lot of. Before you guys had any programming here at Pirate Radio, I remember like, hey, hey, EC, you look so good to me. You, you were running like old highlights, music. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, well that, so we took over the station in uh, officially in like June and then in July. Therefore, like in like late July, we stunted the radio station for a couple weeks or a weekend running a, a bunch. Of, Shirley, isn't that correct? In late July? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's referred to as stunning. They were stunting, yeah. Chandler. Yes. Yeah. And so what was it a week or a weekend? No, it was we just changed? a weekend. Just a weekend. Yeah. We, we ran a bunch of the stuff. Yeah, I just remember that like over yeah. and over again. But that, but and that, it was like firing me up for football season. Yeah. So we did that because it was ESPN radio when we bought 1250 and that weekend. And then we switched over to pirate radio that Monday. And then probably that was probably the first of August. And then we didn't really start live at five until the week before the first game so uh, we played on that labor day monday we started live at five that previous monday and all our local programming that we uh, rolled out that week um was was started that week but we had john thompson as our first guest on that monday on that program so uh, yeah it's it's been but yeah that was the f- blast of the past yeah and uh was it gino gaduli was that the quarterback for uh cincinnati maybe i it didn't I, matter it got C- out of hand cincinnati really it was what, what 45 to 3 or so it, it was i mean everybody was so jacked up and it was one of those times when you know through pirate history where there'd been a coaching change and a controversial coaching change maybe as controversial i don't know as when uh when ruffin mcneil was was let go but uh, certainly you know john thompson was rolled in and then certainly we all know what happened those two years yes we do i, I do recall that and also remember being in the stands on that sunday when uh 
Justin Jones called the Hail Mary. Yeah, Ruffin McNeil's first game. We're talking about another first game. Yeah, so that was a so that's uh, but back to the original question. Maybe Pirate Nation is out there listening, and uh, maybe Chandler's got a a media guide over there. But I don't believe the Pirates have ever opened a season on a uh, Thursday prior prior to it. So I, I just don't believe that's that's been in the cards. The Pirates have played plenty of Thursday matchups before. They've played on Friday. Uh, but uh, I don't think to ever start a season have the Pirates. We the earliest they've ever started has been on a Saturday. We played on a Tuesday uh, in 2009 against yes. Memphis. I remember that. But that was during the season. Yes. Yeah, we're we're, we're specifically. I'm just thinking going, of like weird days that we played football. I think ECU's played on every day. When uh, I think one year when Skip Holtz was the coach, we might have played about every day. It might have been that year. We it had, was a uh, Sunday bowl game, I want to say, because they played at the same time. Like Washington was playing Minnesota, it was an important game, and they were both going on simultaneously. I remember that, mm-hmm. but I don't, uh, I don't recall the bowl. It might have been was the Hawaii Bowl on a Sunday. I was going to say no. it was it was Christmas Eve, two thousand seven. I think that was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, this is this is char- un- <coughs> uncharted territory. Clip. Can you handle four hours of pregame on a Thursday and a late night post game? Does it really matter to you, or is it just game day? I uh, I prefer it. I'm gonna have to be here anyway Thursday. Right. So let's go and do a pregame show while I'm here. Take off your PRL hat on Thursday. Yeah. And put on your Bud Light hat and uh, roll with it. And it means I get to watch football all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign me up for Thursday every single week. So, so what other games are you uh, earmarked for the weekend? Besides? Every single game. Have you? No. There's a lot of good games on Friday as well. Um, North Carolina, Virginia Tech is Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say for Thursday or Saturday? What about uh, uh, well, after you're done Thursday. Because I know you're, you're going to only watch the ECU game. I mean, you'll maybe browse through commercial breaks at uh, the Wolfpack and some other games on Thursday. But uh, what, what other what other games are your highlighted games for the weekend? Clip Brock's picks. Um, personally, uh, I, well, I said this the other day. From an aesthetically pleasing standpoint, LSU at UCLA at eight thirty. Yes, is going to be just magnificent. That'll be breathtaking. Yes, the sunset, the uniforms, all of it. So that uh, I'm into just from that aspect of it. Um, and yeah, like Clemson, Georgia. Obviously, I'm going to watch that game. It's an potential championship mm-hmm. preview uh but there are some others like I, <laughs> I feel like the tide to use a pun has turned a little too far on well maybe alabama will struggle this year like they're gonna beat miami by like 40 points right i mean why, why don't, what's the spread of that game i mean it's it's less than 20 oh yeah i mean i would take the tide yeah i like, take the tide minus three touchdowns right now i'm interested to see alabama in game one without all those stars that they lost last year maybe one of the best offenses ever in college football penn state wisconsin nah, i don't really care about that iowa indiana top 25 matchup don't care about that louisiana at texas ellerby I would love to see the Longhorns go down in uh, in week one. Yeah, I'm yeah. into that 4:30 on Fox on Saturday. Horns down, horns down. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, there's a ton of them. Like uh, Florida State and Notre Dame. If this was 1993, Clip Brock would be really fired yeah. up. Catholics and criminals, or that was Miami. That was Miami. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, that was convicts. You could say criminals versus Catholics. Oh, yeah. You criminals would work with, with that because they've called the Florida State Seminoles the criminals before. So, really, and I was just going through the top 25 games there. Uh, there are a ton of them. Houston and Texas Tech will be fun. See what the uh, mm-hmm. Americans, Houston can do on a pretty big stage against Texas Tech. I believe that's a neutral side game. So, yeah, uh, it is a great week one slate. A lot different than week zero, I will tell you that. Week zero was a zero in my, in my books. <laughs> hey. I mean, it was fun to flip on the television and see football back. But, uh, man, what what are, what's some Dudvilles when it came to some games? Especially Dudville if you're a Nebraska fan. You're a Scott Frost fan. Yeah. The, the, he, I mean, it's just one of the, I mean, went, you know, won the national championship at UCF or went, you know, had that magical run and then just hasn't gotten the horses that uh, Nebraska to make it happen but uh, i know the one thing for certain is a lot of people are excited about this east carolina appalachian game coming up on thursday and i I talked to a friend that lives in charlotte and he says you wouldn't believe the appalachian fans that are coming out of the woodworks down there that are ready to lay the wood to the pirates i mean they they are super jacked about the start of their season at least the fans that uh, are headed to the the bank of america stadium on thursday we talked to ethan joyce who covers appalachian state in the winston-salem journal we talked to him last week and man he uh they they're thinking that they could be the group of five team this year at the end of this thing like Mm -hmm. that is the the expectation we have at ecu is let's uh the hope i guess we have let's try to go to a bowl app state is thinking let's take care of ecu because we're double digit favorites let's go down to miami the following week pull an upset there and then you got the Sun Belt's good we saw it last year with Louisiana with Coastal uh with those teams let's take care of business in conference play Georgia State who hung like 80 on the Pirates they mm-hmm. got to play them so they got a tough slate in conference but that is their goal this year that's what they're thinking that's kind of what ECU's up against on Thursday. Yeah, that mindset of uh, apps thinking, let's run the table. They're not looking at, you know, and they're also a team that has been to Columbia, South Carolina, and been to Chapel Hill and picked up victories this program has over the last few years. So uh, going to Charlotte and playing a Bank of America stadium and beating another in-state foe, I think that's just uh, number one on their checklist, as you said, this year. it's uh, East Carolina fans are hopeful and excited. But uh, I, I've said it to a lot of people over the last week when people ask me what they think about this game, and I think App's the toughest team we play in September. I, I think uh, I think they 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 could be the toughest team top to bottom from everything right, I've listened do, to here. Let's do Ellerby's uh, toughest opponent power rankings for non-conference. For Start at the bottom with. Oh, I think they're in order. Charleston Southern. I think they're in in, in order this week. The, the toughest the, the, in September. It goes. I think. I think. I think it's. Apps number one, South Carolina's number two, Marshall, then Charleston Southern. I might even flip because I'm factoring in where the games are being played. I might flip South Carolina and Marshall. I, I might say one. at Marshall's tougher than South Carolina. If Shane Beamer can get, there's got to be a lot of talent at uh, over at uh, in, in Columbia. I mean, yeah. they, they've they've got to be. It's it just a matter. I think their quarterback situation seems to be kind of questionable in Columbia. Definitely. But, uh, who do they open up with this week? I, didn't, I hadn't even looked that far ahead to see wh- who the Gamecocks because that, that, oh, that, they have a week. They have an FCS opponent. So to that, start. That, that'll be just you know they they have their Tony Collins warm up game then Eastern Illinois. So um, you know then they get to go. They, then I think their schedule gets really tough. They go on the road to Greenville. And oh, they're going to be looking ahead to, to Georgia for sure. And then they go to Georgia <laughs> after that. So uh, they're on the road the next few weeks. But uh, I would I would say that just uh, I think there's a lot of I don't. 
you know not a lot about Marshall, but they obviously have a new coach. So, but I, I think this app game, it's uh, I don't think it's do or die for the Pirates, but I, I do believe it, it's going to be a hard. If it, it's going to be a well earned victory if the Pirates get it and a quality win. Yeah, and I, a lot of this offseason, I said if ECU wants six to win six, they need to beat Appalachian State. I, Ronnie Woodward did talk me off that a little bit last week where this is not – there's still a path to six wins if you lose this game to App State. Yeah, I think the path – So it's to, a huge game, but it's not the end-all, be-all for the 2021 season. The path to six has to have at least two of them in September. Yeah, so if you lose the App, you, you got to beat South Carolina or Marshall. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, because you're we're you're all beat Charleston Southern. Yeah, we're all saying there's one yeah. guarantee in in the month of September, but uh, now the three would be magical in September. What uh, word would you describe? Uh, would you put up there for four then? If three is magical, if they get four, is. If, if they get to four, then I'll say they'll get to five. They'll beat Tulane. Wow, Ellery, why didn't go out on a I mean, huge limb there? It's not, but I just think that that the team will be rolling. I mean that that that's crazy to even think about. But I mean, uh, when have we seen a pirate team start three and zero against two ranked teams and then? <laughs> oh wait, when when I believe we've had pre games, post games for that. Uh but man, uh, yeah, we're we're fired up for uh, for Thursday. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We got a packed Bud Light pregame tailgate coming your way at three thirty, and then after the game, myself and Billy Weaver. We'll be in the studio taking your calls. Shirley Roach, Chandler Honeycutt, and the crew. Late night, Thursday night. Win, lose, or draw. And you can't draw. So it'll be win or lose coming up Thursday night on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. A uh, a fun show, hopefully, LRB, to kick off the season. Yeah. If you had to finish this sentence with one thing, one defining thing, the Pirates will win if on Thursday. What would you say? The Pirates will win if, if they if they okay i've got a few in mind i was gonna say win the turnover battle but i think they could still lose that way if they hold appalachian state to under 125 rushing yards okay that's bold they can win the game that's how they'll win the game yes i think they they win the game if they take the lead early and keep the lead I just don't. I, I think they just they got to jump on them early and get out there. And with so if they lead the whole game and at the end they'll win. I just don't know if it's a, if we're, we'll, we'll get. A I come. think what you're saying is they got to come out strong. They have to start. Got to set the tone early. They got the, the Pirates have to be the lead dog. They can't get. They can't be. It can't be fourteen nothing in the second quarter. App State. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Because that means yeah, probably, right. that means a lot of. I mean, I just don't think that's going to bode well. I think the the offense has to come out hot their first possession and i think if the pirates are you know controlling the game on that part then i feel i'll feel better about their their position i just even back and forth you know seven seven it just i, I just feel like east carolina needs to come out and, and and punch them right in the mouth and get them on their heels a little bit yeah and i think about the last uh well the second to last opener in charlotte the last time it was that south carolina game where ECU did punch South Carolina in the mouth Mm -hmm. and had a lead at halftime and then gave up like 28 points in three minutes in the third quarter. It was crazy. Yes. Um, But the time before that, uh, they opened in Charlotte was against Virginia Tech, and it was kind of a defense back and forth, back and forth. There was a weird 
Was it an offensive turnover or special team score by Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech got a double-digit lead in that game, hmm. LRB, and they were able to come back. We don't need to put ourselves in this position, in that position this time, but I don't know. Well, I asked this. We'll get your prediction in a moment. Uh, let me get the total of the game. How many points do you think are scored in this game? In the total, like 56? I think it goes over. I got a high-scoring game. Um, we had the under the underwears in here the other day oh really is that the other side of the glass in there the underwears yeah they were teeny totters the wait, what was i calling you the teeny teeny boppers teeny boppers they kept saying like 24 to 17 or something like i would be shocked if one of these teams finishes this game with 17 points you know what i'm saying yeah i don't i don't know if a team will get to 40 but i think it'll be 30s high 20s let's see what we is, get. is the yeah. score i have in my head right now uh let's see it is sitting at 57 and a half mm-hmm. so with a 10 and a half point spread they're saying something like 34 to 24 ish the final score something like that so uh yeah i think the if the pirates get to 30 will they win Ellerby? are they going to need more than that they'll need more. Need a little bit more they'll need not at the number 30 they'll need more than so they get that. a 34 30, if the good. Pirates are at 34, then I feel like the, they might be on the the winning side. I like this uh, fill-in-the-blank game we're doing. <laughs> yes, it is kind of fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's coming up on Thursday. Let me check our uh, our Facebook Live. Uh, Josh says, if ECU is in the lead when the clock expires, then we will win. Hey, that's good. That's top of the top of knowledge right there john moody will be our weatherman on the scene although he's not a weatherman but he'll be reporting the weather live mm-hmm. at the game on thursday he says weather is looking good for thursday highs in the mid 80s and dry uh steve says ecu 31 appalachian state 24 he's going under the total well, just a little bit there are you releasing your over under total today or are you, <laughs> are you holding that till later i'm holding everything to later i don't have a are you holding it till pregame or are you holding it till Wednesday? I don't know. I'm holding it till when it clicks. Oh, so you don't know? I don't know. Okay. I, it, it just comes to me in like a vision, sometimes in a dream. Sometimes I don't drink uh, liquids for 12 to 15 hours, LRB, and get that, that mind state going. What, what, is the, what is the best vision or dream you that's ever been delivered <laughs> to you that, that you've procrastin- uh, procrast- uh, said on the air? <laughs> i couldn't get it out <laughs> um so i was with these <laughs> never mind. um no nah, i don't know I, sometimes it just clicks i'll just like look at the uh the matchup on paper lrb and i'll just see a score up here that has not happened to me yet mm. um or maybe it has and i'm just not ready to predict app state winning the game yet you know what i'm saying i, I want to give it a few more so that's, what, that's what you're thinking yeah I'm thinking, man, I don't know. I am on the fence about this one. Usually pretty definitive on my final score and my winner, but I'm just not there yet. Unfortunately, I'll give you mine now. Here we go. The official Ellerby prediction for Thursday night. Uh, I'm going 35-28 Mountaineers. Mountaineers win. I'm disappointed in saying it. I'm disappointed in myself, but uh, I'm obviously hoping for a lot better things. But I think the power, I think it's going to be a really good game. And uh, I just, that's what I'm hoping. Well, obviously, I'm hoping for a win, but just like a back and forth, a close game in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. Ellerby, that's what I really want. That that would be awesome. A team with the last possession wins the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I can handle that much stress on a Thursday night, but no, I mean, that's. That's what we want. We want good competitive football. We're playing a good opponent. 
let's uh and at this point our expectation should be that it shouldn't be man i just hope we don't get blown out I'll at be, this point at least our expectation should be we're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter right if east carolina gets blown out you and weaver are going to get blown up with a lot of questions because that, that that's there's going to be a lot of questions about this team and uh i, I just can't imagine i respect appalachian state but i don't think they're a blowout east carolina opponent does that make sense yeah who is cincinnati cincinnati like maybe on the road at memphis or houston or something that's so but. far down the road but i mean definitely right as we sit here today and the great news is we get cincinnati at home the last game of the regular season so <clears throat> i mean that could come you know way down who knows what they're playing for who knows what we're playing for yeah that game but could the, mean something to both teams. yeah but if we were playing cincinnati right now again like the john thompson i, I would be extremely not excited about the uh, the outcome scenario of playing the bearcats or remember last year's opener got kicked all the way down the road to central florida coming mm-hmm. here and we all i don't know if anybody picked ecu in that game you know no so, this one is uh, certainly more winnable than last year's looks. Yeah. Looked. Uh, Allerby, enjoyed it. Thanks, Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, look forward to our coverage all week long. I guess we should mention real quick that the Players' Lounge the uh, has been postponed this week because of the short week. So the players had uh, obligations and practice and all sorts of stuff going on today, so we couldn't really hook up with them on our regular Monday, but they'll be back with us uh, next Monday. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> look forward to that the, the, as they get the chance to talk about the East Carolina Appalachian game. Just uh, the Jock Sniffers Lounge today. Yes, just j- just LRB, Brian Bailey. But hey, look, the captain's the coming The captain on. will be here, uh, not here, on the phone. It'd be tough. We tried to get him in here from Idaho. Mm-hmm. We need the Shane Carden jet to just come in. Uh, but we will talk to him coming up at 4 o'clock. Yeah, today. I look forward to hearing that. And uh, Mitch says LRB's uh, stock just dropped two points. Oh, no. Sorry, Mitch. I guess he hasn't heard all my predictions over the years. <laughs> we try to be realists around these parts. I just, just, some of us do, anyway. I just, I mean, if I'm being honest. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Be I, honest. Don't I, just, anybody can say, Pirates win 50 to 8. Yeah. Oh, great prediction clip. You're a true pirate. You're the man. No. Save that. Being in case honest. this happens, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> We're being honest. All right. And I honestly yes. say goodbye to you. Goodbye. So long. Go Pirates. Brian Bailey joins us on the other side. We will take a timeout, come back. A lot more to go here in hour number one of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after these words. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back tommy's express car wash come experience the difference at tommy's now open at the corner of greenville boulevard and red banks road doesn't your car deserve it visit tommy's express car wash today now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. I'm just uh, formulating a tweet on how the Washington football team are your 2021 NFC East preseason champions, just like they were regular season in 2020. Okay. Brian Bailey joins us now. Bailey uh, was talking about this earlier today. Just like last year's regular season, and again, this has nothing to do with 
the 2021 regular season. But nobody in the NFC East finished uh, with their heads above water, Bailey. Washington 1-2, Philadelphia 0-2-1, New York 0-3, and Dallas topping them all at 0-4. The NFC least continues. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to continue into the regular season. I really think some, I think Washington's defense is going to be good enough to get some wins, and they're going to be formidable. And, and if Dak is healthy, I think Dallas will win some games. Not sure about the Eagles. I don't understand the trade they made to get Gardner Minshew uh, and the Giants are the Giants. So, Did you say you don't understand the trade? I mean, does it say they are not fully sold that Jalen Hurts is going to be yeah. the guy? I don't know. Or, or do, are they saying they're not sure that Flacco is going to be the backup? I don't know. But it, yeah. it, To me, it was just odd. I'm not sure about a lot of things. I'm sure that if Dak's healthy, the Cowboys are going to put up a lot of points. But Fitzpatrick has a long enough track record that we know what he is with the ups and downs. Daniel Jones has a small sample size, but I'm certainly not a believer in him, Bailey, the way he's turned the ball over. And the Giants are a great Madden team. If you want to play a video game and have Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay and, you know, all the weapons they have on the outside, that sounds like a lot of fun. But are they going to be there on game day? I don't know. The Giants, they have the, on paper, what looks like a playoff team. But I don't think uh, once they start playing games – all that's going to come together for them. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I, I think you win with defense, and that's why I'm really hoping that Dan Quinn has made some big-time changes to the Dallas defense. And, and Dallas, if Dallas plays good defense, they've got a shot to be okay in the league, but they, they've got to be better than they were last year because that was that was just awful. Last year was just it, – it was disheartening when you see your offense running. Dak was throwing for 10,000 yards in four games, and – they couldn't win a game. They, the only game they won, if you remember, before that got hurt, was the, uh, the the onside kick that the Falcons botched. Yeah. Yeah, the Falcons are the only team that could blow it uh, more than the Cowboys last year, and then they certainly did. Are you going to start wearing your hat backwards like uh, like your defensive coordinator there? What's his name? Dan Quinn. If yeah. they start playing defense, I'll wear it. <laughs> play to my underwear. I don't care. <laughs> Brian Bailey joining us. And Bailey, what do you think? I, I guess – it it really doesn't matter because we got college football this thursday this uh friday saturday sunday monday actually uh all college football and nobody really watched week four preseason anyway but it is kind of strange to have no nfl football for for two weeks now it, this is different yeah it's, it's a little different i, I think it's you know the, the whole the, the preseason was just different to me i mean I guess because you know the Cowboys didn't didn't play Dak at all, so I didn't see you know hardly any. If, if, and Zeke didn't play. I don't think he played at all. I mean, it, it was like watching you know Triple A, like watching my Cubs now <laughs> after they traded everybody. I mean, you know, all your stars are gone, and then you do what you can do. Uh, Dallas played really well defensively in a couple of their games. They didn't play very well against Jacksonville defensively, but you know most of those guys. I heard one guy's name that I think I'll hear on Sundays going forward the whole day yesterday. So. Talking to Double B, Brian Bailey. We'll get to the Pirates momentarily. Bailey, how's two weeks of Touchdown Friday gone for you this far? You know, surprisingly well. You know, it's funny those Friday nights hit, and it's 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 maddening what all you know you're trying to get accomplished, especially early because you have people that have never done it before. So you know, you want to get your work done and help them get their stuff edited. But it's really been it's really been good. It's been kind of a different high school football season so far, though. But I really thought Rose was going to be really, really good, and I think they can be, you know, good. But 
they've struggled out of the gate. They've got another tough one this week. You know, I, th- I thought Conley was going to be good. They've struggled out of the gate. And they've got a really difficult game this this week playing Cleveland because we've seen what Cleveland can do. So uh, been a little surprised. Newburn looks looks the part. They look pretty good. Um, Smaller teams around. Tarboro struggling a little bit. They lost their first game and then they they beat Hereford County, but Hereford County gave them all they wanted. So some of the teams that we're used to seeing being really really good are, are struggling a little bit out of the gate. Yeah, still interested to see what that uh, that new Big Bailey Conference looks like once they start playing conference games, Bailey. I'm still trying to find out the coaches because Troy doesn't know very many coaches. So some coach in the league doesn't like the name, and Troy doesn't know many of the coaches. So I'm trying to figure out which. Hmm. One is. I think I got it narrowed down to one, but I won't give my thoughts. I'm thinking Nick Connor may not like the name of the conference. <laughs> well, right now he's not liking too much of anything. Uh, they need to uh, to find a W on that schedule, and as you said, it might not come against Cleveland, who uh, Conley's ran up against at least once in recent years in the playoffs maybe twice right bailey they're, they're a really good team they really are and they they just they, they put it two rows and and the team that conley lost to i think conley lost 40 to 6 to carry on friday to carry and, and cleveland beat carry like 52 to nothing oh boy that's that's what that's what I think they're saying over there right now. Oh boy! All right, let's uh, let's get to the Pirates, Bailey. How about a Thursday nighter? We were thinking about this. You've been around here a long time, Double B. When is the last time, or has there been another time where ECU started the season on a Thursday night? Can you recall one? I. It seems like there was one. It seems like that the Virginia Tech game when Michael Vick. Nah, I don't think that was an opener. It was definitely a Thursday nighter, but I don't think that was the season opener. Yeah, um, I can't remember one, but I mean, there's probably one somewhere in the annals of of East Carolina football. I was just going through the list. You know, your your mind goes back to the games in Charlotte, and I was trying to come up with before they put it out there what the Pirates' record in Charlotte was, and uh, you know, three and two is what they've been, and just the games there, very memorable games in Charlotte. So hopefully, we'll add to that list. Yeah, you were talking about him on the Brian Bailey show today. You said the one that you don't think you were at is the only one I've been at, and that was the uh, the Highlighter Bowl uh, where John Thompson's yellow-cladded Pirates. Uh, that was one of the few games I've been to, Bailey, where I had pretty good seats thanks to a Wolfpack buddy, and I was sitting with him. And their D-line, I want to say, had Super Mario and was it John McCargo? They had that talented defensive end out other on the other side of Williams. It really did look like NFL versus high school D line versus O line that year. Yeah. And they were good. I remember that. I, I I still I don't remember being there, and so I'm thinking I wasn't there. I remember the highlights. I remember the highlighter. Us, you know, commenting on how bad the uniforms looked, and it was John Thompson's last game. But uh, the rest of them, man, this. Yeah, I can still hear that crowd when they, when the Pirates blocked that punt against Virginia Tech, and, oh, man. and the whole whole thing saying, "Hey, you know, Pirates played a little Beamer ball today, and, and they get the block punt, and they win the football game, and uh, that was that was awesome." And then the, one of the one of the games, I, I I can't remember which one it, it was, but it may have been one of the, the West Virginia game when the, the hurricane was across the state, and the hurricane had gone out to sea, and then it started coming back across the state, <laughs> so we were traveling. You know, from Charlotte going back home, and man, that was the craziest ride of my. We were in one of the old microwave trucks. <laughs> it was blowing it all over. You know, two sixty four. It was crazy getting back. Brian Bailey will join us coming up during our Bud Light pregame tailgate this Thursday. I guess at that point, 
we'll get a uh, a final prediction from you bailey but how, how you feeling about the game right now well i've, I've told a couple of people this you know i feel good about it. i think he's gone as much improved i think appalachian state has a lot more experience i think it's going to be as i've said a couple of times like the like the uh the hawaii bowl you know when boise state came out as big favorites in east carolina i'll never forget greg hudson standing there and one of the first plays somebody just popped somebody in the backfield and just smacked them in the mouth you can almost see right then the confidence that the East Carolina football team had, especially on defense, and then they, you know, had a great game and really, you know, should have won the game rather easily. Then they had a late turnover and the game went down to the wire, and the Pirates won it on the field goal. But uh, still, I think it's going to take something like that. I think, and they talked about it today. They got to start fast. They got to, you know, got to get off to a good start. But I think you got to smack them in the mouth and show them, hey, you know, we're here for a reason. Because if Appalachian State takes them lightly, I think the Pirates have a great chance. But I, I just don't know. Opening game, you know, all the mistakes that they usually make. Pirates <clears throat> can't afford a whole lot of those. And usually, App State's doing the smacking up front, Bailey. They averaged around 260 rushing yards a game last year, so they're going to try to hurt the Pirates right there in the trenches. But uh, it's up to ECU, Rick DeBrew, uh, those guys up front, Elijah Morris on the defensive line to hold down their uh, their run game, and then. The other side of that smacking uh, can come from ECU's O-line, Bailey, pushing the uh, the App State defensive line back and Rajay Harris, Keaton Mitchell getting off to good starts. So we're going to see some plays by C.J. Johnson, Tyler Sneed, those guys. But you're right, up front, uh, who's going to win those battles? The Pirates, uh, Steve Shankweiler, and, and the coaches on the defensive side hoping it's them. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be one of the keys. Whoever runs the football controls the football, and that's the team that's going to come out on top. And I think, you know, as we've said so many times, Mike Houston came to town and said, hey, we're going to run the football. We're going to have an offensive line that can block, and we're going to have running backs that can run, and we're going to run the football. And I think that, you know, that's what they're going to try to do. They're not going to try to flip it around the, the barnyard, although, you know, if they get behind, obviously it will happen. But I think they can win both ways. I think the Pirates can run the football and win, and I think they can flip it around the barnyard and win. Bailey, let's look uh, around the state real quick. North Carolina will play their opener against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg on Friday. Justin Fuente, his seat uh, seems to be pretty hot there uh, in Blacksburg, I would imagine. Uh, North Carolina, five-and-a-half-point favorites. They come in with all these preseason accolades. They got their all-world quarterback in Sam Howell. What do you think about this matchup on Friday? I like Carolina, man. I think they're really, really good, and I think, you know, I'll be surprised if they don't cover that five-and-a-half, but uh, that's why I don't bet very often because that's when Virginia Tech will slap them around a little bit. Blacksburg's a tough place to play historically, and they've had some matchups, haven't they, in the past? Some overtimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thrillers. Uh, how about yeah. NC State? Going to be a pretty easy one for them uh, when they take on South Florida Thursday? Well, that's when NC State usually gets in trouble, when they think they have an easy one. So I, I think that. You know, and I'm not sure how good South Florida is. They're picked at the bottom of the uh, American. Yeah. But you know, that's when state usually gets in trouble. Wake Forest, 31-point favorites over ODU, Brian Bailey. That's craziness, man. <clears throat> that's a- that 31 sounds like my SAT to get in older. <laughs> All right. Bailey's saying take the, uh, the Monarchs there. Take the Monarchs with the 31. All right. And uh, Duke and Charlotte, uh, that is kind of the the sandwich game, right? In the, uh, I guess you need some some sandwich meat on your mayo sandwich, your Duke's mayo sandwich. The meat, the meat for that sandwich is on that Saturday night game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know what Duke and Charlotte is on Friday, but they're playing uh, in Charlotte as well. The mustard's still in the pack. They haven't gotten it out yet. <laughs> 
Uh, well, who you got in uh, Clemson, Georgia? I don't know. I haven't even looked at that matchup. You know, anytime you hear Clemson, I, I think Clemson. But I think Georgia's, Georgia's going to be really good this year. I just think it's going to be a great matchup. And if I can survive Thursday's trip to Charlotte, Friday, touchdown Friday, enough to stay awake and watch the game, I'm going to just enjoy it. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, man. In Charlotte, I'd love to be there for that one. Man, I, I look, yeah, we're here, you know, all day Thursday. We'll be here Friday, Bailey. That The carrot at the end of this stick, at least personally, is that Saturday full of college football. I can't wait to get there. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm not – I don't have one thing. I went home and saw my parents this weekend, and it's kind of like I kissed them and said, okay, I'll see you after football. <laughs> but I love the death. It was so much fun. But I'm like, you know, we get through touchdown Friday on Friday night, wake up Saturday morning. I'm just going to watch game day and just kind of hang out and just watch games. And then you got football Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Take a tad of a break, Bailey, and then you'll be gearing up next Thursday night for uh, your boys in the books, right? Yeah, how about that? Dallas is, I guess they're still like a seven, seven and a half point underdog, which is a lot of points. Mm. I don't say this a lot, but I like the Cowboys if that's the case. You know, you're coming around, Clip Rock. Nah, well, they're still coming around. Hey, just check check the standings, whether it be regular season or preseason, and my football team is there at the top. I saw your tweet the other day about the uh, about the drone shot, hard knocks, <laughs> and you said that all that money for for. And I, I was so bad when I read that. Now, okay, it's just quit being a jerk. <laughs> being a jerk, I don't get, it was all facts. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, you didn't include the fact that, like, the, the, the regular season series between the two teams is so lopsided through the last 15 years. You pick out one year when Dak was half dead. Selective facts, Bailey. <laughs> I also used that drone shot to make fun of Dan Snyder. I don't know if you saw that either. but uh... Did you see the end of Hard Knocks when they showed the drone going through one of those uh, statues and they hit it? And knocked it over. <laughs> it was- I actually didn't see that. I think I must have cut it off. I have been hate watching Hard Knocks so hard, like I can barely stand it. But I have been watching it. I I liked it, but it's really not as good as I think it's been in the past years. But it's, yeah, it's still fun to watch. It's kind of traditional. BB, uh, enjoy the football on Thursday. We'll be talking to you before the game on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, man. Sounds good. We'll check in live from Bank of America Stadium. Finally, it's here. Pirate football. And real quick for folks that missed the Brian Bailey show, it's coming up again at 6. Uh, what do you got coming up? We've got Danny Morrison joining us. He's the executive director of the Charlotte Sports Foundation. They're putting on the Duke's Mayo Classic, East Carolina App State on Thursday, Clemson, Georgia on Saturday. And then we've got Curtis Thiemann from Port City Films. Uh, they're putting together the uh, video for the entrance video for the Pirate football team. And then Brian Meador joins us in the back half of the last half hour for some uh, fun with him. So, should be a good show. Thank you, Double B. I had it once, so it'll be on again at six. <laughs> it was the first time it was good. It might be even better this time. We'll see. It might be. All right. See you, Brian. Bye, bud. All right. I love uh, that I tweet out things, and I know he's going to read them, but he won't He won't say anything or respond to them about him. He'll just, he'll just stew. It'll just make him mad. And uh, I like to talk about the Cowboys from time to time and do that to my friend brian bailey all right let's take a time out we'll come back wrap up hour number one got a big hour two on tap that includes the captain shane carden the big man jeff nadu and the crew here uh and we'll also hear some mike houston audio from earlier today get his thoughts on uh i guess a very short game week it, it, game week is here but 
the football team has been in game week we're late in game week for them you'll hear mike houston talk about that in more in hour two we'll wrap up hour number one after this listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barack. All right, I uh, just saw this from our old friend Nolan Knight from formerly of WNCT Channel 9. He is now in WAAY down in Alabama. He says the Chick-fil-A kickoff game officials today announced that the Mercedes-Benz Stadium roof will be open for its two marquee games slated for Labor Day weekend. Uh, with the stadium roof open fans will not be required to wear masks in their seats so <laughs> whether that is a pretty big uh deal if the roof is open or closed at mercedes-benz stadium the roof will be open so no masks required uh once fans are in their seats so just passing that along if you're interested uh let's hear from and we'll hear from holt nailers and the pirate radio athletes more next monday inside the players lounge but today the voice jeff charles was able to catch up with holt nailers after mike houston the coaches and some players uh, spoke earlier today and here's that one-on-one the voice with the quarterback jeff charles and holt nailers holton body wise you look a little different you look like you've thinned down a little bit uh, tell me a little bit about that first yeah i have i mean that was one of the things that i wanted to do this offseason was get a little bit slimmer be able to run the ball a little bit more get a little bit more agile and, and i've done that I'm, I'm excited to showcase that thursday and get the season rolling you think you will run the ball a little bit more this year than you did last year i think so i mean i think when the opportunity comes i'm, I'm definitely going to take advantage of it and that's something that has been a part of my game for a really long time and i'm, I'm excited to get going with that Talk about Appalachian State's defense. They only gave up 20 points per game last year. They've got 10 starters back. What do you see on tape? They're really well. I mean, you can tell they've played a lot of snaps together. Um, They're a veteran defense, like you said. They play hard. They pursue well. Um, They're pretty simple, um, except, you know, on on those long downs, you know, second long, third and third long, they they get a little bit more complex. But, I mean, they, they do what they do, and they do it really well. Fulton, as we both know, it starts up front in the trenches, and we hear so many good things about a lot more depth on the offensive line, a lot more guys are going to be able to play this year. Is that what you've seen? It is. Um, it's the most deep we've had in our offensive line since I've been here, and it's the most skilled we've been there um, and, and capable of, of you know, turning this thing around. And it starts with those guys. They, they know that we're they're the engine of this team, and, and we're going to go through them, and I'm excited to see those guys work. How about your buddy C.J. Johnson? What kind of a camp does he have? He's had a really good camp. Um, he's one of those guys that slimmed down, you know, a ton too. He's lost almost 20 pounds since last year, so he's looking really good. Um, I mean, he's he's looking a lot quicker. Um, yeah, that's one thing that receivers have to be is have quick feet. He's definitely worked on that. You know, a guy really impressed me last year. He just got his feet wet with Sean Calhoun, the, yep. the tight end. Uh, how about Sean this year? 
He's done good. He's done really good. Um, he, he's very skilled. He can block. He can catch. He's going to be one of the better tight ends for the next couple of years in this conference. And then how about Ryan Jones? He's very skilled, too. Um, he's he, – there ain't many tight ends like him. Um, he's a tight end and, and a receiver. He's a tight end's body with a receiver skill set, and um, he's really going to help us this year if he can, you know, stick to the playbook and keep learning, keep growing. Um, he's a great kid to work with. Holton, can you compare your mindset now going in as a third-year starter to the first year you were here? Yeah, um, you know, I've been through a lot more. Um, I know what to expect. I know what to expect when you know just the little things, um, and just help prepare the team now more than prepare myself. You know, I know that I'm going to be prepared now. So how can I help those guys get prepared mentally and and stuff like that? But um, you know, we, we're all a veteran group now. You know, those guys up front have played a lot of snaps, and the guys out wide have played a lot of snaps. So it's good to have guys that, around you that kind of have the same mindset as you. I ran into your dad the other day. He said, Holton is having a lot of fun. This is the most fun he has had. Is that pretty accurate? It is. You know, it is. It's, it's fun when you, you're around a group of guys that has, has had the same mindset as you, kind of like I just said, and have, have been through a lot of things together. And you know that, you know, the, the better days are ahead now. And, and that's probably the most – rewarding thing that i could do is just be around those guys all right there is jeff charles with the quarterback holton aylers earlier today uh following mike houston donnie kirkpatrick and blake harrell talking at the podium we'll uh we'll hear more from holton and the pirate radio athletes coming up monday they'll be with us in the players lounge next monday recapping ecu app state and also getting set for east carolina and south carolina a quick nfl note and Chandler, the collusion between the Bills and the Panthers continues, apparently. Uh, the Panthers have received uh, defensive end Daryl Johnson from the Buffalo Bills in a trade. And it almost seems like these two teams are working together to try to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, the, uh, this is from crazy. The- I mean, from the front office to the field. Are you talking about former ACU defensive end Daryl Johnson? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about number 56 <laughs> from the Pirates. But um, yeah, I'm not really sure who this guy is, but uh, I, I think he's. I think I heard. It, I'm seeing throughout Twitter that he's having a pretty good uh, preseason camp so far, and is doing good in his preseason games. So I think that just adds depth to the defensive line that we 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 do need defensive. Uh, depth there on the defensive side of the ball so uh we got it with daryl johnson and i don't i really don't know it's actually starting to become like a like a joke i guess uh it's like it's literally like the carolina bills and the you know or the you know buffalo panthers front office coach players you name it they got brandon bean who was our assistant gm um beside uh, i want to say david gettleman maybe marty herney but uh so they hired him obviously when brandon bean got the job uh they hired um sean mcdermott McDermott, who was the defensive coordinator for the panthers the year that we went to the super bowl in 2015 dan morgan who was already a panther he was a linebacker uh for the panthers the years that they went to the super bowl in 04 um he i believe he was with the bills at in some kind of capacity and now we hired him uh, from the Bills, I might be wrong there, but there is a lot of connection with the Buffalo Bills and the Carolina Panthers. I don't know why, and it started like literally since I, it started when Sean McDermott went because um, we've seen guys recently like Vernon Butler uh, go to the to the Bills. Kelvin so, Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin both. went there as soon as he left uh, the Panthers. 
I'm trying to think of some other guys. Um, there's a oh, Andre a Smith, yeah. who was a big special teams guy out of North Carolina. He was on our team for a while, um, contributing on the special teams unit. Now he's with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. So, and I guess the Panthers thought enough of this guy to trade for him before he was released and available to go to any team because tomorrow is the the deadline to cut your roster to 53 players. So the Bills, I guess, made it known. Of course, their first call was to Carolina to say, hey, you want this guy. And uh, and the move was made. So that'll be uh, – cut down day is tomorrow, Chandler. Man. We'll be keeping an eye on our rosters to see who's there. And Thursday it will be what? A week from football from Thursday. Cowboys and Bucks. Wow. It's almost here. It's awesome. I mean, you know, college football, it's great to have that back and having the fans back in, in, in college football. And I can't wait for that this weekend and on Thursday night. But, I mean, the NFL, man, I'm just so ready for NFL season and uh, ha- hopefully having fans back in the stands for a National Football League game. So, uh, very excited. Excitement time. It's over, Doib. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Shane Carden, the captain, the joins captain. us when we return. Hour two of Pirate Radio Live. We're back after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs. And you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month. Or you can make a one-time donation and GUC will match all donations up to $20,000 each year. Considering helping, uh, consider rather helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday, hour number two. We'll hear what Mike Houston had to say earlier today at his press conference coming up later on this hour. Also, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, will join us to talk week one college football. But right now, we'll head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to ECU's all-time leading passer in both yards and touchdowns. Shane Carden, the captain, joins us on the Fixed NC Live line on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Shane, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Hey, fantastic. Uh, Catching up with some former Pirates here as it is game week. East Carolina taking on Appalachian State Thursday night at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, And Shane, we're uh, we're all looking forward to it, excited for another season. And before we get into your uh, week one memories and and talking Pirates with you, let's talk about what you're up to today in your uh, your personal life and your coaching life. So Shane, can you give us a a quick update on your uh, your current resume, what you're up to these days? I love it. Yeah. Uh, we just had our week, week one game Friday um, and uh, got a first win against the conference game uh, to start out the season. So that was big for us. Um, you know, I've been this is my third third season as a head coach. Last year, our school board allowed us to play two games. So it was kind of a tough season for the kids. But uh, we got a great group. It's a small number. We're 4A, but, uh, we, you know, we, we have a small number of kids on the actual varsity team. Uh, but we were able to grind it out and uh, win in the fourth. And we put a drive, two minute drive together uh, with my junior quarterback and score with 25 seconds left and kick the PAT to, uh, to win it by one. Um, so just great for the kids, you know, for the coaching staff and 
um, getting a close win like that to start the season is uh, obviously a great thing. So, Shane, what's the uh, pass-to-run ratio for a Shane Carden head coach team? <laughs> it's uh, it's whatever's working that night. And uh, they were loading the box quite a bit. Darren to throw it around. And, and uh, you know, it, it was a small amount of plays uh, for us. But we threw it around quite quite a bit. Two touchdown throws for my guy. It was 60% completion percentage and no turnovers, which is big for us. Um, kind of a big uh, emphasis on my quarterback room uh, this year going into that. So we did that, and we were able to win the game. Awesome to be able to to play games, right, Shane? You said you were only getting uh, two last year, so great that you guys can uh, get some high school football going out where you're from. And uh, and and Shane, congratulations on the W as well. So, uh, uh, what what is the uh, is it a regular schedule this year? Is it nothing's back to super normal, but is it uh, somewhat normal for you guys out there? Yeah, it's somewhat normal. I mean, regular schedule for now. Uh, fans are in the stands, and, you know, it, it felt like a regular Friday night. And uh, and I think we can all agree, you know, if you, if you love football, you got to love Friday night football, high school football. Um, and it was just – it was great to be back in that, and, um, you know, just have that experience. Those kids getting to have that experience. Um, as all the kids kind of across America that have been playing sports in general just kind of missed out on really a year here or there, you know, potentially longer so. Um, I know for me, I was jacked up, and obviously, you know, when you get a win, too, with everything I just said, it's that much better. Shane Carden joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Shane, let's uh, let's talk about what you remember about season openers and leading up to a season. And and what, uh, I don't know, what stands out to you? We are now, you know, three days, uh, you got three days left before you you take the field against Appalachian State. Uh, What are those memories? What comes to mind when you think about leading up to that opener? Um, you know, each year is different, you know, first year, obviously I was a different spot next two years, my senior year, you know, you're just so ready to go. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for the guys, especially with everything that happened last year and just kind of, um, leading up to a first game, you got to just stay calm. You know what I mean? You got to just relax. And for the younger kids, it's just always, Hey, what you did on the practice field is good enough for the game field. So just, you know, relax. Pre-game warm-up, don't get too overhyped. Don't get too overhyped the night before. You'll be, be a lot of kids having problems sleeping, this and that. But, you know, I just remember about kind of like, all right, we've done all the hardest part of football. I mean, football is the one sport where you prepare more than you play, and especially in college, your off-season, winter, you know, spring ball and this, and practice, and you're finally, all right, now we need to go tear it up and, and, and show what we've been saying. And, uh, I, I, you know, just watching Coach Houston the last few years and Holton, these guys, you know, I can just imagine they're – you know, just anticipating and just have so many just um, nerves and just want to go show it. You know, I know they've been working their tail off and there's been some good things happening. I, I know they just want to get out there and kind of back the words they've been saying. Shane, the talk from fall camp was that the defense won both scrimmages, and now the first-team offense didn't play a lot at all. Maybe you can relate to that uh, during your days at East Carolina when you're a proven veteran. You kind of treat it like preseason, I guess, and don't get to to play as much out there during the scrimmages. But when you hear that, does that shock you at all, or or does that sound kind of par for the course? The defense uh, is ahead of the offense at times during camp, or or is that a, a sign that maybe we should worry as Pirate fans about the offense? heading into this year no no i mean the, the offense always takes a little more time to kind of get synced in and especially you're talking about you're not playing your starters a lot you're talking about younger guys who haven't played as long together you know got to get the right you know the rhythm the timing you know understanding what you're trying to accomplish is at each, each position um so i don't think anything to worry about i do remember those scrimmages though 
And, uh, you know, you're playing college football because you're a competitor. And so when he's telling you, hey, you know, if we're going to get the other guys get reps, you're, you know, a little a little frustrated because you want to get out there, man. And, you know, I'm sure there's a little smack talk in the locker room, this and that about defense. But, um, you know, as we're getting to week one, all that leaves. And it's just like, hey, you guys keep doing your thing. We're going to pick up our end. And um, now you can go start talking smack to guys that aren't wearing purple or gold. Shane Carden joining us. Shane, neutral site game coming up. It is technically an Appalachian State home game, but it'll be in Charlotte. How about uh, opening up? Uh, you talk about nerves and everything. Opening up NFL Stadium against a, a really good team, App State, uh, as a fantastic program, and that's why they're double-digit favorites in this game over East Carolina. So is that an extra, uh, I don't know, a little extra juice heading into a, an opener like that rather than a, an FCS opponent at home? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. You know, and you're coming in as an underdog, and you know, you you've, we've been an underdog um, for a while now, and I, I know there's just that. Hopefully, that chip on that shoulder that we always talked about when I was there is just fully grown, and they're they should be a little pissed off. You know, quite frankly, I mean, I, I mean, I would be too if I was them, and I'd be ready to go show it, like I kind of said earlier. Um, so yeah, absolutely, going to NFL Stadium, going to play a team that um, you know all of a sudden is favored by double digit numbers. And, know we're coming in and you know it's uh, i'm sure there's plenty of motivations for multiple reasons but yeah i'm sure there's i'd have a little pissed off excitement uh, <laughs> to go show and prove what uh what the pirates can do that's for sure shane Carden joining us shane it's a, a different level but you mentioned year three earlier for you it's year three for mike houston and you know you were here when when Ruff and Riley really got it clicking too uh, at East Carolina, in much part thanks to you and, and Justin Hardy and the pieces around you. But what you know what what is the difference year three to year one with the coaching staff? You can somewhat talk about it yourself uh, being a high school coach there. But for Mike Houston now being in year three, sounds like there's a lot more depth. There's a lot. There's this comfortable feeling uh, within the program with the players and, and leaders on the team. So I don't can. You you speak to that Shane year three versus year one for a coach yeah absolutely I mean I think uh you know what coach Ruff used to always say that the biggest thing is culture and uh when you're talking about being a head coach you're talking about bringing your culture in um, and a culture that I brought to my high school um, where I'm coaching at is you know there was a bit of a quit in the kids and there wasn't this thing of like you know calling coach coach is kind of my first name and um, there was just kind of, Hey, maybe I'll show up on time. You know, I don't really got to tell him I'm not there. And so there was a lot of things I had to kind of like, Hey, that's not how it's going to fly here. Um, you know, we got to get more mentally tough. We got to show up all off season. We got to do this. And so yeah, three years of, of kind of building your own culture by year three, you can kind of figure out if you're going to get it there or not. You kind of have a better understanding of where you're at for college. Obviously you get to recruit and bring in the kids that you want for your culture. Um, and that's, that's a much bigger deal. Um, yeah. basically, you know, you have the kids you have. Um, and I've been doing, I've been going down to Optimus. I'm in charge of running that as well now I'm on the group there that runs that. I'm close to middle school coaches. So, so with the high school building culture, it's from, you know, Optimus up. And then you talk about for, for college, you know, it's just making sure you're getting your right guys in there. You, get, you know, you're going in to see kids, you know, you know, this kid is a good kid for my culture. Um, and then, you know, very similar last night, you know, we were picked last in the league. And so Friday night, I'm sorry, not last night, um, Friday night. You know, I told the kids, hey, every single team in this league picked to be above you, including the team we're playing tonight. Hmm. Similar to UCU going to play App State, double-digit points. Like, all right, well, you get the first game of the first season in a big situation to prove that person next to you wrong. Um, and so here we are, you know, year three. 
you talk about a team um, that I had, and we won in the fourth quarter, and, and that was that was the difference of the, our culture. You know, I think my first year, I don't know if those kids would have fought to the fourth quarter. Um, and you see the culture that Mike Houston's built, um, and and you got to believe that um, it is changing. And uh, you know, you got like we said, this year year three is big, and um, I think he's going to have it. And I think he's got, like I said, plenty of motivation for his first game. That's awesome, Shane. I was going to ask you about your pregame speeches. Who was the uh, who was the best motivator on staff when you were here at East Carolina? Who got you guys fired up? Oh, you know, I I try to stay kind of calm a little bit for the game. That usually works half the time. I think <laughs> you get pretty excited. Um, but you know, I mean, I mean, Ruff was awesome. You know, he he really just he'd speak his heart, and uh, you know, and that's a, that's like head coach. You just you can't you can't ever be fake. You got to say what you believe and. Um, if it's if what you believe isn't exactly 100% positive and you reword it, um, you got to say something that gets them motivated, you know. So, um, yeah, Ruff was great at it. Um, Riley was good at kind of settling me down a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I just, you know, <laughs> Coach Nichols was pretty good about getting those receiver groups fired up. And, um, yeah, I mean, we had a great group, a great group of guys. Um, you know, like I said, like as a head coach, you got to speak from the heart. Because if you kind of start telling fibs, you know, as a player, you, you can understand that. So yeah. If you're an older guy, you've been around him long enough, you know when someone's telling the truth or not. And uh, I think Ref was really good about just being 100% honest about how he felt and what we needed to do. Shane Carden joining us. You mentioned Lincoln Riley there. Shane, I know you follow the Pirates. How closely do you follow Lincoln Riley? He's got Spencer Rattler coming in. It sounds like uh, coming into a year, what, two or three now, it sounds like they have a defense in Norman that can contend for a national championship. So how closely do you follow what Coach Riley's doing? Oh, quite a bit. You know, when they're on TV, which is quite a bit, I, I try to watch. Uh, my offense I run is, is based off the same same deal we ran at ECU. So, um, what he's running in Oklahoma is obviously a bit different, but the same concepts. Um, so, I like to watch his offense and, and still pick up things in here and there. And uh, I'll talk to him every once in a while. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun offense to watch. It's usually some big games. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can get over that hump, get back into the playoffs, and, and win a game in there this year. Shane, uh, you, after playing so many snaps at ECU, Holden Ayler is kind of in a similar spot. He's returning as the starting quarterback. How did you make sure things didn't get stale? How did you make sure you you never peaked? You know, what, what do you if you're Holden Ayler's now heading into another year of starting at ECU? Uh, you know, what does he do during the off season to to get better? What did you do specifically to make sure you continue to get better despite success at ECU? You know, you just you keep watching your film, and there's there's always things you get better at, you know, we were, I was a college player. He's a college player. And you look at the NFL guys and you look at Tom Brady, the perfect example, obviously that's a pretty big outlier from a, from a normal, but I mean, he's always, always watching film, always trying to get better at something. And it's, it's easy to do, you know, I mean, there's a lot of success that people see on film and um, I'm sorry, in the stadium or watching TV, but there's so much more behind it. A lot of times like, Oh, it's a great play. Like, ah, actually I missed my first read and, called the wrong protection, did this, 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 this. My feet were off, but, you know, somehow it worked out. It goes back to the whole thing. When you're winning, they want you to write a book. When you're losing, they question whether you can read one. So, you know, when you're when you're doing well and you're playing well, everyone thinks you're doing great, but I'm sure there was plenty of stuff that he saw in his coaching staff, thought on the saw, and, um, you know, and, and that's what good coaches do. And that's what, you know, I was talking with Riley in the offseason when I was at ECU, we'd, we'd always pick, you know, really pick on stuff and, you know, they, hey, your feet can be a lot better here. Hey, this is a little slow read on this play. Uh, and then, you know, when you're going back through camp and everything, kind of going the same installs. And, I mean, I had the same, you know, different notebooks every year, but they would always be written down. I still take the same notes, make sure I was on it, make sure I knew it. 
Um, and then you just take it to the next level of making sure that every single person that in that room, when you're talking offensive meeting knows exactly what they're doing. So the way you can be better is to help other guys be better. So if you know it and you're feeling like you're good with it, okay, go, go help that guy. Make sure he's good. Make sure the guy behind you good. Make sure your left tackle knows where you're going to be. You just get more in sync with everybody. Um, and that's what we were able to do uh, my senior year for sure. Shane Carden joining us. Shane, I like what you said earlier about the the, the preparation. You, you do way more preparation than you do play in the actual game. Uh, Justin Artie, 387 catches during his career. He was uh, surpassed by Zay Jones, who had 399. But, but Justin Artie, 387 catches, all if – if not, you know, most, all uh, of those catches came from you. How many passes and completions do you think you had to Justin Hardy off the field, off the, the playing field? I mean, we're in the thousands, right? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, yeah, uh, endless. Couldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you count number-wise. <laughs> uh, just absolutely insane. And, you know, I think, you know, you're seeing a dip in football across uh, the U.S. right now and, and, and you know, attendance and kids wanting to play and, it's a sport like you, like I, like you said, like I said, you know, it, it, it takes longer to prepare. And, you know, a lot of people are everything. Everyone's wanting something now, you know, they want, a, you know, immediate satisfaction from what they did to work, you know, all that. And football is not that kind of sport. Uh, football is a sport where you have to grind it out. You got to put in time and you may not see, um, you know, your reward from that for maybe three years, let's say as a head coach, put it in culture, like putting all this time. I'm going to take three years to really see your culture come to fruition. I mean, you know, playing wise, you know, two years, you know, I always, I saw uh, kids every once in a while that, Hey, you may be not the starter right now. Uh, I spent two years on a scout team to build up and then lost the job and then was finally given a chance. I mean, it's just, it's a great life lesson sport. And, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that all the work that's been going on at ECU, um, starts to show this season. Shane, uh, Bryce Williams joins us every Wednesday. Uh, and, and what a, what a fun, lovable, big hunk he is uh yeah we would sit here and watch like old games and he doesn't remember the plays like and i don't want to like make fun of him. i don't think it's a cte thing i just think he's like so in the moment <laughs> he'll sit back and go dang i don't remember that okay I, yeah i remember that i remember what, what was it like being in the huddle with bryce williams did you have to explain things a couple times to him like what what was that like shane First of all, I was a great impersonation. Dang. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope Bryce is listening to this one. So uh, maybe I can jump on his show one of these days. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, luckily we were no huddle, so I have to explain everything to him. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If... No, Bryce, Bryce was a very smart player, man. There's some people who, as we all know, are book smart and street smart. Yeah. Football smart, and it's all a little different. And uh, man, he was a heck of a player and a uh, great friend of mine. Um, but no, I mean, when I look back, I mean, I, as a coach, I, I can remember plays like from Friday night way better. I mean, I remember there was a game. Uh, someone asked me about a last throw to break some record. I, I honestly couldn't remember what the play was, hmm. what had happened. And I just 100% cut in the play just then the game just had ended. Um, there were certain plays, obviously, I remember. I watched film. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that, remember that. I watched an old uh, TV clip. But, yeah, coaching-wise, I mean, I can almost run back through the game in my head. Uh, I think it's just a little easier because uh, you're not you're not you're not out there running around. It's all mental, and you're all just thinking about it uh, a bit more than when you're a player. We saw a great highlight. I think it was Virginia Tech. You hit Bryce the back of the end zone, great uh, leaping catch, and he runs off the field. Remember that one? Uh, he did remember because okay. he um, he was on the sideline instead of on the PAT line, uh, and you guys had ten on the field. Luckily, you made the extra point. But he was supposed to be out there, but he got too caught up in celebrating his touchdown. That was fantastic. You know, 
Well, you know, he cut his hair now, so maybe if that happened today with shorter hair, he would have remembered the hair. <laughs> there you go. Shane, uh, great catching up with you, man. So uh, your, your full system's go. Got another uh, high school game uh, coming up this Friday night, right? Absolutely. First home game against a good, pretty good team, so uh, we're looking forward to it. And Shane, uh, Pirates on Thursday night, so you'll be able to, uh, to uh, look. Once you get into college football and coaching, I found this out talking to Donnie Kay, who's a Washington football fan like myself. You barely get to watch any games, uh, so hopefully at the high school level, at least you can catch uh, the Pirates Thursday, maybe some college on Saturday. But you're pretty, uh, you're pretty locked in, right? I am, and, and luckily we just it's a weird deal this week where our JV's actually playing uh, before us. So I'll be I'll be free Thursday night. Good deal. You bet your butt I'll be watching uh, ECU. Shane, great to catch up with you, man. Uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. We'll talk again down the road with you. Sounds good, Clip, and I'll uh, I'll make sure I'll get some time to get on Bryce's show here soon. That would be awesome, Shane. Shane Carden joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Got to get him here <clears throat> on the show on a Wednesday. So we can get Bryce and Shane going over some of their memories uh, playing together at Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Shane Carton, man, all-time great at East Carolina and now uh, doing great things as a high school football coach. We'll talk to another former Pirate who is coaching high school football on Tuesday's show, Brandon Simmons, former East Carolina bruising running back, going to join us on the program coming up on Tuesday to get his thoughts on the season opener against Appalachian State. Let's take a timeout when we return. We'll hear uh, some of Mike Houston's comments from earlier today. Also later on this hour, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joins us to talk week one college football. It's all football here on Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Come out to Granger Stadium this season and cheer on your Down East Wood Ducks. You only have a little bit of time left before the season ends. Get your tickets now at woodducksbaseball.com or give them a call at 686-5164 and we will see you at Granger Stadium for Wood Ducks Baseball all season. And long. Go Woodies. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. The NFL preseason has thankfully come and gone, and unfortunately, another casualty uh, to a big name, a starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins uh, was injured during their game against Washington on Saturday. He was officially today placed on season ending injured reserve. So Dobbins joins. Travis Etienne and Cam Akers as potentially, you know, starting high-quality, big-production running backs who will not be playing in the uh, 2021 season. So you, you hate to see it. Hopefully with this week between now and the games, you can still have a freak non-contact injury, but hopefully the injuries are done and everybody healthy now will be healthy week one of the NFL season. Hopefully uh, everybody healthy now will be healthy Thursday night when the Pirates take on Appalachian State. Let's hear uh, part one of Mike Houston earlier today 
as he met with the media. This is from uh, a few hours ago, Coach Mike Houston. All right, game week's finally here. So, uh, and you know, to be honest, you know, with it being uh, a Thursday night kickoff, we're late in game week, so we're getting ready for what would be our Wednesday uh, afternoon practice this afternoon. Uh, had a, a really sharp practice uh, last night. Uh, and you could tell last night the kids, you know, they're excited to play. Uh, had just a different pep in their step. Great energy, uh, great focus. So, uh, you know, really excited about the matchup this Thursday night. Uh, certainly a great challenge against a, a, a very good Appalachian State football team. Uh, but, you know, we're excited to get back to playing. And we're excited. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of Pirate fans in the stands down at Bank of America Stadium. So, uh, you know, looking forward to it. So, questions? Big opportunity for the Pirates. Get my microphone here. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Big opportunity for the Pirates this week. Uh, talk about what that presents for you guys and, and getting off to a good start. Well, I mean, it's a, it, we're facing a good football team. I mean, it's a, a team that has had a lot of success. You know, most of those guys are fifth or sixth year seniors. Um, I mean, they've won a lot of games since they've been there. So. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is a great challenge and a great opportunity. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup. You know, I, I'm excited about the group that we have. Um, they'll be ready to play. Uh, I expect us to play very well. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a chance on a, you know, a little bit of a national stage, uh, in an NFL stadium, ESPN game. Uh, you know, it's a chance to really find out a lot about ourselves uh, and to be in a situation to, uh, you know, to play against a very good program. Coach, you kind of touched on this somewhat at the preseason, but you know, playing with juice, all that early, yeah. but also playing with discipline. Like, how important is it going to be now to make mistakes against a, a better football team that can take advantage of that? Well, I mean, I think that's going to be the key. You know, that's, that's the deal. Whether you're talking about you know turnovers, because uh, I do think turnovers will be a, a, a you know a factor in this ball game. You know, which team can can uh, take care of the ball? Which team can force some mistakes? Um, yeah, I think you know being able to play aggressively and and downhill like we want to defensively at the same time, you know, not, not give up anything cheap. Uh, I think that's going to be critical. Uh, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a team that has a lot of experience and guys have played a lot of snaps, you know, virtually every position, both sides of the ball. So, you know, that's, that's a group that usually doesn't make a ton of mistakes. But, you know, it's game one. So I think both teams, both teams are going to, it's going to be critical for them to execute at a high level. Coach, can you take us through the uh, rest of the schedule for this week? It's a short week. You guys are already on Monday. What the uh, game plan is for the rest of today, tomorrow, travel day, and then uh, game day? Well, we'll, uh, we'll practice this evening, uh, do our, our, our Wednesday practice, which is our last kind of heavy day uh, for the week, and then come back uh, tomorrow afternoon with practice before walking through here uh, Wednesday morning and heading to Charlotte around lunchtime on Wednesday. So, um, you know, still some work to be done. Uh, but you know it's uh, it's a deal where now you're just you're cleaning up ex execution things and sharpening up some things in the kicking game, uh, and just try to get the kids as fresh as we can so that uh, you know they're ready to go Thursday night. Mike Houston earlier today at his weekly press conference, which will go back to Tuesday on a normal game week. So we'll hear for hear uh, from him ahead of ECU South Carolina coming up uh, next Tuesday. Uh, he spoke more. Uh, let's hear part two, Shirley Rhodes. Mike Houston uh, from earlier today as he met with the media ahead of East Carolina and Appalachian State. And we will hear that momentarily. But I'd love to set it up just a little bit more because these comments you're going to hear are Mike Houston talking, answering questions from the media 
about the game against Appalachian State, which is coming up Thursday night at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. That would be in Mecklenburg County, where that stadium is located. Uh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is there. Uh, the Charlotte Knights play there. Uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets play there, in fact. Hornets, Hornets, Hornets! We can play it now. Uh, are you ready to go? Yes, I'm ready to go. Let me tell you a little bit more about Charlotte. So Charlotte <laughs> Just play the is, damn file, dude. All right, dude. here's Mike Houston. Coach, you kind of talk about what it's going to be like on the big stage, like you said, with Bank of America Stadium and you know, the Panther out, you know, deal like that, and just the excitement there. Well, I mean, I think, you know, when you think about it, you know, so many of our guys, you think about Raji and, and Keaton and, uh, you know, some of those guys that, uh, you know, played so much last year, you know, they was, they, they've never played in front of a crowd like this before. You know, they were in high school two years ago. Last year during the pandemic, you know, the biggest crowd we played in front of was less than 10,000. Now you're going to be in an NFL stadium in front of about 40,000 fans. So uh, it's going to be electric for them. Uh, now, they, you know, they have the experience from last year, so I, I think they'll handle it just fine. Uh, but it'll, it'll certainly add to just a little more uh, energy uh, to the kickoff Thursday night. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but it, it's not like you're playing a West Coast team or Big Ten or, you know, it, it's an in-state game right. against a program that has been consistent and y'all are feeling good. I mean, it, big picture, is this a pretty good measuring stick of where maybe y'all are at in the, the pecking order of things? Well, I think, it's a, I think it's a measuring stick from the standpoint of I think that they have a, a quality team right now. I mean, that's, you know, you look at the success they've had the last several years and these guys have been the ones playing. So I'm sure that they're expecting to have, you know, a chance to have a special season this year. So we're playing a, a quality program in the opener. Uh, we're excited about what we have. So I think certainly it's going to be something that will tell us what we have. You know, it'll tell us where we stand. Um, you know, long term, I think uh, two in-state uh, state-supported institutions, uh, I think it's going to develop into what should be a great robbery. Coach, we don't have a depth chart yet, so you know we're going to ask you at least one or two personnel questions. Well, they're out. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you guys decided on who a third running back would be, or is that something that will kind of continue into the season? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you're going to have a couple of guys with us on the trip. Pop McKay's been getting a lot of uh, reps there. Lorenzo Dorr, uh, who just joined us, has been getting some reps there. So, uh, Jemani Wilson will be with us on the trip. So, you know, those guys are all working in that role. And so I think it's something, you know, you want to kind of, you know, give it a little bit more time and see, you know, how they, how they progress. Uh, you could see some of those guys Thursday night. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're pleased with where we are right now. Kind of a similar question, not surprisingly. Uh, on the defensive side in the, in the backfield, I mean, that is where you have a lot of depth. How do you plan or can you use that to your advantage of rotating guys in this first game especially and, and keeping guys fresh maybe that far in the park? Right. Well, I think that's just it. You know, we do have some depth back there, but at the same time, you know, those guys are on a lot of special teams. Uh, so it's allowing us to, you know, play more guys in our four core. Uh, and the key really is to keep them fresh. Uh, you know, I, I think they're playing very fast. I think uh, you know, you've got some guys that are playing as good a ball as they've played since I've been here. Uh, you do have some experience back there. So I think, uh, you know, compared to where we were uh, my first year, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have that kind of depth back there on the back end. 
Mike Houston from earlier today at his uh, weekly press conference, Game Week press conference. We'll hear more from Mike Houston coming up in Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. Blake Carroll, defensive coordinator as well, coming up later on in the show. Right now, we'll take a timeout, come back. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joins us next. What a slate of games it is for Week 1 of college football, which actually gets underway on Wednesday night with one rando game. We'll talk about that, what's coming up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and on uh, into the rest of the weekend with Jeff Nadeau when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006. They are the best and uh, the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. All right. What a great week one slate of games it is, beginning Wednesday night with one game. We'll talk about that in a moment. You got a bunch of games Thursday night, including the Pirates and Mountaineers live in Charlotte. There's some football action Friday, all day Saturday, and it goes on into Sunday and Monday as well. Week one has arrived. Let's talk about it with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. He joins us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Jeff, how you doing today? Pretty good, Club. How are you? Hey, doing all right, Jeff. We got a little appetizer over the weekend with week zero. And just briefly, I'll say um, I tailed you on your Nebraska play, and for good reason. Uh, Scott Frost kind of, you know, hot seat. He's got a quarterback that we've seen play well in the past that we assumed would grow and uh and martinez would come out with a strong 2021 and early on it looked good some dumb penalties uh hurt nebraska and then the thing just got away from them and they looked terrible and uh i gotta say i mean i, I didn't think they'd blow them out necessarily jeff but i was shocked at how, how bad the huskers looked on saturday i know you were as well yeah i think um I think sometimes, you know, when it's broke, sometimes you can't fix it. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, Nebraska is, uh, you know, they're really at, at, at I think, an odds. You know, I, I think we just have to realize they're just, they are what they are. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad. Keep in mind, I mean, Art Sitkowski, who came in to play quarterback for them, I mean, this was a guy that was, I think he had 20 interceptions in his last season at Rutgers. He was dreadful. I think he had five touchdowns that year. It was it was hard to watch. Um, Adrian Martinez it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, uh, and I and, and I will say this. I mean, the offensive line was horrific as well. I, I don't. You ever see those games clip when you watch football where the offensive line just can't seem to get stop anybody? Yeah, I mean, the pocket was just collapsing. He couldn't figure out what he wanted to do. It was, it was hard to watch. And you have to look at now. I mean, this is probably another year where they're not going to make a bowl game and. You know, if I were them, I'd have fired Scott Frost today. I know they weren't going to do it, but um, you've got to set an example, and it was pretty clear that uh, they weren't prepared, and, and I think Scott Frost is, you know, on his way out there. All right, I'm, I'll do a bridge from week zero to week one. I'm looking for the line uh, right now, Jeff, as UCLA took it to Hawaii on Saturday. 
Huge game for them uh, coming up in week one uh, now against LSU. And I, uh, I'm struggling to find that line. Maybe you know it, but what's your take on uh, Bruins and Tigers uh, coming up this Saturday night? Yeah, so I think this game is, um, you know, obviously interesting. LSU comes in in obviously a, a weird situation. Uh, you know, whether we think it, it's good for a team or bad, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of weather things going on in, in LSU. Yeah. Now, I'd have to imagine a lot of those kids are, are affected by it. Um, what's the mindset? You know, are they going to be able to have a, a normal week? The routine's going to be thrown off. I think this is a really tough spot for them, especially when you're facing a team, you know, that – you know, played already. Yeah. Uh, I think they're at a big disadvantage here. Um, you know, especially when you look at the fact that this is, um, you know, a, uh, a true home game. I mean, this is a really tough, tough spot. The fact that they're a dog, I mean, USC, UCLA, I'm sorry, is a, is a three and a half point dog. I mean, you're hmm. nice price on money line with them. Uh, LSU also remember to make matters worse. I mean, they have a brand new quarterback and Max Johnson, uh, you know, you like the defense with Stingley and a couple other guys, but yeah, I, I think the wrong team is favored here. This is a decent LSU team, but I don't think they should be three and a half point favorites with all the things that are going on. Um, you know, I, I think you, you know, but again, here's the thing, Clip. UCLA is going to be a massive public dog. Yeah, everybody saw him last weekend. Yeah, yeah, and again, it almost seems too good to be true, and for me. You know, I'm I'm just not going to bet into this situation. I'm not. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with, you know, with how good the public did over the weekend. I mean, there weren't a lot of things that went wrong. Uh, when you see people, uh, and I'm not going to say who, but when you see people go four and zero, five and zero, that that don't win, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a rude awakening. Uh, and I I'll relate a clip to something that's easy to understand. In Italy, week one, Syria, every game went over. Every game. Both teams, the score came in over. Everything happened. This week we started seeing nil-nil games yeah. in Atlanta game and Sassuolo game. And, you know, to say nil-nil in those games, that's like seeing an Oklahoma game be 17-13. It's just not normal. So the books are going to get paid this weekend. Uh, you can mark that down. Jeff Nadeau joining us. East Carolina App State coming up Thursday. We'll talk to the big man on the Bud Light pregame tailgate as we get you ready for that contest. So uh, Jeff Nadeau will join us Thursday during that show. I do want to say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I, I don't give out the best picks. I don't give out the best insight. Sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I do make this promise to you. I will let you know when games are being played in the sports world, folks. And now PSA, there is a game Wednesday night on ESPN, UAB and Jacksonville State. So I just want to let people know, Jeff, that if they don't feel like waiting till Thursday, you got another little appetizer coming up Wednesday night. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, the next couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, there's no international soccer either for me. The only thing going on right now, it, it's an it's a, a international break. So there's no you know games for that. Uh, as you said, the only thing we really have right now is baseball. Yeah. Look, that is going to be a very wagered game. <laughs> uh, but just remember, th- this is a Jacksonville State team that are dangerous. They-, they are always a very good defensive team. They've got some high-end talent on this team. They're going to be a top 25 group. So I-, I wouldn't be running to the window just to p- play UAB because you like UAB. You're getting a very good line here with Jacksonville State. This is, I think, a game where – it's probably like 30-21, 31-21, something like that. 
I'm going to be looking heavily at if you have family coming over this year. So that's what I would look towards. Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Jeff, we'll uh, we'll dive into ECU App State when we talk to you on Thursday. Also, some other Thursday night games. Let me uh, bounce around for a moment, if you don't mind. Let's go. Uh, let's go Friday in Blacksburg, North Carolina. Once again, you know, and and maybe for good reason this year, but they seem to be always overrated heading into the season. I know they have a uh, fantastic quarterback in Sam Howell. They are five and a half point road favorites. Uh, in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech, we mentioned Scott Frost maybe on a, a hot seat there. What is Justin Fuente's seat like? As uh, there has been a ton of turmoil there at Virginia Tech under his watch. What do you think about the uh, the Tar Heels and Hokies on Friday night? Yeah, this is a game I actually played a couple of weeks ago. I didn't play it for a full unit. I didn't really give it out or anything, but I, I did play it. I got six uh, with Tech. I think this is a very good spot. I think this is a game that another big public sharp split. I think sharp gamblers will be on Votech. Public will be on UNC and uh, Sam Howe. Look, I'll tell you right now, Howe's a great player. He's a great quarterback. He reminds me a little bit, I think, of the situation that Texas has been in for the last couple of years. You know, they have a guy like Elinger who's a terrific quarterback. They have a good offense. I think they're going to move the ball. But I don't ever trust them to get any stops. And I'll tell you right now with Votech, this is a very good – uh, quarterback they have with Burmeester. I think at home they're going to be a, in a great atmosphere. I like their skill position players a lot. Um, I think this team is going to surprise. And I think this is one of those games where it's going to be the team that gets the stop wins. I actually think they're going to win the game. I think that the six points is just going to be extra. But you look at kind of what they went out and did on the defensive end. Brought in Jordan Williams, a guy on the defensive line that played at Clemson. Uh, they did some good things in the recruiting market. I like this team. I think they're actually a lot better than people give them credit for Votech, and that's a tough place to play uh, Blacksburg as you said it's a Friday night um, I, I have absolutely no I mean have you seen that you've seen that place on a Friday night Saturday night yeah I mean they made Thursday nights on ESPN famous they were like the Thursday night team yeah. for many years and this is the first game back in yeah. a long time I, I'm I'm I think they win the game Inner Sandman rocking. This is a, a bit of a weird kickoff time. Going to be in the 6 o'clock hour. It says 6.08. But, man, they're going to be jazzed up uh, for that one in Blacksburg. I think UNC is going to have the same problems as they normally do. They just can't get any stops. And, look, they Cliff, they lost a lot of talent last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got two running backs that could be starters by week four that they had last yeah. year. Yeah. Deami Brown, uh, I'm a fan of him with my Washington football team. Looks like a playmaker, so – I'm sure they got guys that can come in, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and I'm just talking skill guys. Uh, they lost a lot of those guys. They surely did. I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna have trouble in this game. I think UNC uh, loses this game. Right? Hmm, there you go. All right, uh, that is a Friday game. Uh, also Friday night, Northwestern, a uh, home favorite against Michigan State. I'm seeing it at three and a half for the Wildcats. Also Duke, a road favorite against Charlotte. And uh, Wake Forest, a monster favorite over Old Dominion. That's the uh, the Friday night slate of FBS games. Anything there uh, you're interested in, Jeff? Yeah, I, I'm kind of looking a little bit at Charlotte. I, I think they're a pretty interesting play. Um, not really sure why they're a dog either. Um, you know, I know Duke will always be a favorite here, but five and a half, six. You know, Charlotte clip reminds me a little bit under Will Healy. If you remember a couple years ago, Old Dominion was making bowl games. Um, under Bobby Wilder, they had some good players. Is that like the uh, the Haneke years, maybe, or or maybe post Haneke? Yeah, right around there. I think it was. Yeah. 
they, they kind of remind me of, of that um, team. I, I think Chris Reynolds is a really good quarterback. Kind of one of these, like, you know, Kyler Murray type of players. I think he's a dynamic guy. I think he's the best player on the field in this game. I think Duke's really bad. I, I think they're going to be one of those teams that is going to lose games like this. Um, I actually like their defense. They went out and got really good at certain positions, have some kids from some really good programs coming in. Uh, and, and at these kind of levels, I think they're going to thrive. Victor Tucker is a guy that a lot of people don't know about, but he's probably a receiver that's going to be one of the best in the um, G5. I really like this team. I think they're going to beat Duke. Duke. Duke is dreadful. All right. Uh, going against North Carolina and Duke is the big man on campus. Uh and we might as well throw in the NC State's game with South Florida. I think you're uh, if you're going to go on a side there, you're going to take NC State, Jeff. Yeah, but I'm not going to really. I'm not, not going to bet it. I'm okay. running to the wind to get involved with NC State. NC State is a middling um, ACC program, I, and I know that you have some fans probably that that listen to that uh, to this show that that have a, an affinity. Maybe they went there or something, but I, I don't think I'm going to tell you anything you don't know. I mean, they're a middling athletic program on both sides. Their basketball team is always a bubble team, yep. and their football team, you know, wins six or seven games and goes to the the Meineke Car Care Bowl. That's what they are. Man, you are doing a lot of ECU fan service with these picks today, big man. I got to say, uh, we'll get your uh, official, <laughs> yeah, your official uh, ECU App State p- uh, prediction on Thursday. We'll do that. So many games, uh, Saturday games, Jeff. Uh, can you throw out one or two uh, you really like or something you're playing before we let you go today? Anything I, I missed today? Yeah, I'll keep banging the drum for Purdue. I think they beat up Oregon State. I think okay. Purdue's actually a pretty good football team at home. Uh, and, look, I like this kid, Austin Burton, this new quarterback they have. He actually was at UCLA, transferred to Purdue, and I think he really stabilizes the quarterback position for them. Weirdly enough, when he was at UCLA, he actually played Oregon State and actually played pretty well. Oregon State loses their bell cow offensive player, Jamar Jefferson. Uh, the quarterback situation with Tristan Jebbia is not very good. I don't know about if they're very good on defense either. They lost some talent last year. Uh, Nazir Wright went to the NFL. They lost some talent there. So I think Purdue at home is a pretty solid play. I think they're better than people think. I like the receivers. I like the quarterback. Uh, they have some real experience. I also will tell you, I really like K-State this weekend. I've put that out on Twitter about a week and a half ago. I did a video report over on my YouTube channel. I like K-State a lot. I think the, ga- the the word here clip is experience. And when you look at Stanford, there's just not a ton of experience on this team. Now you got to go play a K-State team that, that's coming off a tough COVID year. they got a dynamic quarterback, a dynamic offense. This is the best offense they've had really since Lockett was there. Uh, yeah. Th- this climbing team is going to be really plucky this year in the Big 12. I like them a lot. Uh, I think in – Dallas, neutral site. I think they're going to have the crowd advantage here. I like K-State as well. A couple of uh, fade the Pac-12 plays there on Oregon State and Stanford. Jeff, we'll, uh, we'll talk plenty more about it all on Thursday as we'll talk to you on the Bud Light pregame tailgate as we get people ready for ECU App State. Also, the big man will join us to talk about all the other uh, weekend, week one football action. Jeff, uh, appreciate your time as always, man, and we'll talk to you later on this week. Thanks, Clip. Look forward to it. Jeff, all right, Jeff. Um, do you have Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line today on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live? We'll visit with the big man coming up Thursday during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Four hours of pregame coverage taking you up to the 7.30 kickoff. We'll talk Pirates and Mountaineers, hear from Mike Houston, hear from Blake Harrell, 
Troy D has a stat to consider. Troy, uh, as we go to break here, this is your only scheduled appearance on Pirate Radio Live this week. The last time you'll probably be on the show. Are you going to give out your official prediction during this hour? Clip, I am. Uh, I have thought about it a lot over the weekend. I slept on it last night, and uh, I'm locked and loaded. The uh, and I feel I feel real good about it. Okay, this is the best prediction I feel about this year so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I get it. But that, yes, uh, you will get Troy D's game day prediction. You know me, I don't go. A lot of times I go against the grain. I don't go. To, I don't go fanboy on predictions. You know, I'm going to tell you what's in my heart, what's in my mind, <laughs> and what is in my gut. How about your soul? Are I'm you going to get to the soul? I'm going to leave my soul out of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a heart, mind, and yeah. gut prediction. Yes. I've tried to use my brain on this one. HM. A little bit of heart. All right. Mostly gut. I'm going by a lot of gut feeling, but I've I will discuss it on the show. You'll have my prediction. Are you nervous that you've lost some of your gut? Do you have enough gut? Oh, it's still there's still enough to work with. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just checking. I still got more to lose. Big hour three on tap. We will have more for you on Pirate Radio Live when we return after these words. <laughs> FM Washington. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barron. All right, fired up watching uh, CBS Sports HQ. They are showing the ranked games coming up this weekend, a bunch of highlights, football is here troy d week one of the college football season we made it through the whatever week zero is and yeah it was some ugly football but the real deal is uh here now and we are just a few days away from east carolina appalachian state thursday in charlotte yeah normally we'd have to wait to saturday this is going to be a, a quick get up to thursday by the way it is going to so. be a sprint yeah because fr- monday's almost gone let's be honest we're basically looking at tuesday right now and then you're a day away from it being game day yeah uh it is and we were talking about it in hour one i do not recall a thursday opener for ecu football so do did i have the answer for you on this has ecu ever opened up on thursday night before yes or no what do you think since i don't remember i mean since i don't remember and because thursday football became a thing around the 90s i want to say i'm going to say no they have not all right open up on a thursday uh if i you know and we were talking about this before we went on the air full disclosure i thought also i heard you and be talking about it earlier so it's made me think i'm like have we i'm like i know we've played a bunch of games on thursday night but the little trick to this is season opener thursday night correct that's the catch 
That is the caveat. Clip, I'm sorry, but you are wrong. Wrong! ECU has opened up on Thursday night. And in fact, I was there. Hmm. September 9th, 1993. Uh. A little game against Syracuse. It was Syracuse versus ECU. And for bonus points, can you name the score? What was that the the year that it rained like sideways or something? You know, I think I was at that game, and I think that was because I remember was, setting up for that and getting soaking wet. I don't have the weather forecast from there, but it was forty one twenty two Syracuse over ECU. And by the way, I do got to give a shout out to Tom McClellan, who I wanted to fact check this with him, who was one of the best fact checkers in the business, who assisted me with this. So, how about that? So, but I will say this: I forgot about that. If I had a guess beforehand, I was going to say this was the time we. I I knew we played that Thursday night. I didn't think of that as a season opener. Um, so I would have gotten this wrong too. And I was at that game. Was that that, uh, I was a student at ECU that year? I guess that would have been before Donovan. Oh no, no, no! If you were a student at ECU, then that's not the that's not the same game. This is ninety three. Yeah, okay, was, 93. Yeah, I was in yeah, high school. Yeah, Troy DVP, 93, remember, Vice President of Student Body Service. Sure, it was a great uh, year. Yeah. It's right up it was there a great year. I graduated 89. high school that year. So, <laughs> so on um, a, uh, a Thursday night, they opened up. Syracuse had actually played a few days before that. Were they a the top fourth. 25 team back then, too? They were number six in the country. Yeah, so that was Paul Pascaloni. Yeah, you think ASU's tough, folks. How about number six, Orangeman rolling into town? So, uh all right, there you go. I yeah, uh, yeah I was wrong on so that. So there is the uh, second time East Carolina's opened up on Thursday night. I was found this though interesting. I, you know, we have a great history with ASU Appalachian State over the years. Did you know it goes back ninety years, Clip Rock? I did know that. I think I forgot about that. Uh, Appalachian State leads. Now this is where it gets interesting. Eads leads the overall series, nineteen wins to twelve losses. So they've got ECU's number. But as of late, in the modern era, as we like to say, ECU has won the last six meetings dating back to 1976 and 77, 78, 79, 2009, and 2012 is the last time these two teams met. When's the last time App State beat ECU? You might last time it. App State beat ECU, you've got to go back to September 13th. Also, well, that probably wasn't that wasn't a season opener, but September 13th, 1975 in Boone, App State won 45-25. ECU 41-25 in front of 13,000 fans, probably a record at the time for App State. ECU has never lost to App State in my lifetime. Will that change on Thursday? I hope not. I do too. Yeah. So there's a stat to consider right there. The stat, stat course, to you know, consider. A statistic you can look at. Wait, I'm sorry. What was that? The stats, of course, uh, is a statistic, statistic you can, can look, look at. at. They, are. <laughs> they are. And Troy is looking at that stat. I am looking at that stat. I th- I found it interesting. So the trend is a little bit hard because it you know it's been about almost ten years since we've last played App State. And uh, the last time we played them, ECU was big favorites in the game now that has shifted to app state being 10 and a half point favorites you're right that it's a complete role reversal um we we were afraid they were we were going to overlook them yep. at the time and they were going to come in here and pull off the upset now app state's the favorite will they overlook east carolina and will ECU come in and pull the upset wave really and you look at the past 10 years or where really the past six or seven years or where these two programs have been I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to App State. I mean, they have built the program like we wish we have had the past six or seven years. 
In fact, I put it out there on my Twitter. I don't know. You might have seen it, Clip. Um, it came up on my news scroll, and it was a picture of a promote f- five years ago today of what we were promoting our lineup. Back then, it was live at five before PRL for you new listeners. Uh, Monday, we were having East Carolina Athletic Director Jeff Comfer. Tuesday, ECU Head Coach Scotty Montgomery. Wednesday, ECU Chancellor Cecil Staten. That was our lineup. That is a power lineup. Um, could you imagine if all three of those guys were still here today? No. And where this program to. and university would be? Uh-oh. Thank goodness we're under new leadership. Let me just say that. But that was just would five. it be anything at all? I know. Well, I, well, I got to be honest with you. We'd probably be out of business if they were still in charge. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, thank goodness they're not. Look at the damage they caused in just the short time they were here. We're still recovering from that, just like a stage four cancer that you had to have removed but we are recovering we've got good people in place now i'm excited about our future and more importantly clip i'm excited about thursday night yeah and uh i'm done being nervous about it i'm done being worried here's some stats to consider app state since i'm moving, done being nervous since moving to fbs app state 7 11 10 9 11 13 9 those are their win totals they have not had a losing season since going from fcs to fbs that is pretty remarkable right, legit. for this team yeah um, let's get some practice in for late thursday night on the u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show because mitchell is hanging on in winston-salem hello mitchell hey cliff hope you're doing well man I'm, thank you i'm excited as i'm excited as well my whole family's going uh uh-uh. you get too excited oh, boy we we'll lose you in the 5g uh no-go zone Look, this is good practice. Make sure you have a good, strong connection for when you call Thursday yeah. night after the game. Mitchell, if you can hear us, call us back. Yeah. And we'll uh, hey, we'll go ahead and open up the phone lines, 317-1250. We'll do a mock run for the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter do, here. Do, 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 if you want to call do, in right do, now, do, 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 offer your pregame prediction or what concerns you or what are you excited about, we'll take your call. 317-1250. Robert had Operators are standing by. Yeah, we got Shirley, we got Chandler, and intern... No, they're not. They're not standing by. <laughs> sitting by. Charlie's sitting by. Yeah. Factually correct. <laughs> I can see it with my own two eyes. Um, intern Preslin is here. Uh, Robert asked, Troy, can you believe how fast the month has flown by? No, I can't. And uh, you'll blink your eyes and August is going to be over. That's true. Tomorrow I mean, is the last day of August. I, it's like stunning how quick August has gone by. Like, I, I only, like, I, like, even this last weekend, I'm like, what did I do last weekend? The one that just happened. I'm like, where did it go? Like, I remember I was out at the beach, and then, like, it's like, what happened? What, did you black out down there? No, I hardly drive saying. It's just time goes so fast. The hamster wheel is spinning quicker and quicker, Clip Rock. The sand's in the hourglass. Yes. But I know this is, of all the months, I think August was the fastest so far of the year. As far as time-wise, we talk time on the show. August went by the fastest. And yet still 30. How many days in August? 30 or 31? Uh, while you look up 31, that important information, 31. Shirley, get your uh, rim shot ready. Uh, Redbeard says that was the best Mitchell call ever. Redbeard, <laughs> that is not nice. It's Redbeard. Call- Redbeard. <laughs> I'm excited, and then we lost him. That is not Mitchell, nice. I want to hear what you had to say. Call us back, Mitchell. I do not uh, agree with what Redbeard just said. That was mean. We did not hang up oh, on you. I think that's Mitchell right there. This we, is what we, you deserve, Redbeard. We lost you. I will say, be prepared for a lot of drop calls, because I've noticed now 
that just with this 5G rollout stuff, it's affecting every carrier. There. Hey, Wes Hines told us when he was here, Troy. Yeah, you and Wes are on the same right, 5G is, wavelength. Wes is right. This 5G is causing a lot of issues for all carriers. 5G. It's 5G. It's 5G. <laughs> Technology. You know what the J stands for? Garbage. <laughs> Mitchell in Winston-Salem, are you up? Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, sorry? what I was saying was you got to look at this being the first game, and their quarterback has never played it down with this team in a game. That's huge. Plus, they've got either two or three new offensive linemen who this is going to be the first game that they started. That's huge. So, we're coming in with a quarterback whose season – whose last game he was lights out against a top 25 caliber SMU team, I think what's going to happen is we're going to jump on them early. We're going to probably go in a half time. We're going to be ahead 21 to 10. And then in the second half, they're going to start getting back in the game. And I think we're going to end up winning it 31 to 28. Now that's predicated on the notion that we can stop their run. If we don't stop their run, then they're going to win 31 to 28. But I, I'm I'm very positive about it. I went back and watched the SNU game just the other night again, and we we were unstoppable in that in that first half, and it was flawless. And I uh, I think if we can be anywhere close to that in the first half on Thursday night, I think we're going to surprise some folks. Mitchell, uh, yeah, I hope you're right. I, and stopping the run is my biggest concern with App State. They averaged like 250 plus rushing yards a game uh, last year, and they're going to run the football. Uh, and I did not realize this until I saw Stephen Igo uh, pointed out on his VIP takeaways from the depth chart release. Rig DeBrew, ECU defensive lineman, will miss the first half of this game due to a targeting call from SMU last year. I mean, that is garbage. He is that a rocked-up guy. That, that, <laughs> yes. that, that carries over from last season. That is so I mean, stupid. That is dumb. You know, Rick DeBrew's a pretty rocked-up guy. Yeah, well, he's going to get rocked up. They're gonna, he's going to rock him up in the second half. They ain't going to know what hit him. I just hope uh, we can like stop the run weapon. in the first half, yeah. Mitchell, uh, because that is a concern with Rick DeBrew out of the game for 30 minutes. Well, the only positive is he'll come in – Fresh as a daisy in the third quarter. That's, fresh as a daisy. That's what I said. I said he's going to be fresh legs come the second half. Yeah, my my one big huge concern is the Georgia State game. You know, it, it, they killed us with the run, and I know we we were reshuffling our offensive line, but that has nothing to do with us not being able to stop the run. So yeah. if if Blake Carroll does anything, it's load the box force them to throw it in the first half, and that'll dictate what happens in the game. Because App State has a winning culture right now. We don't. App State plays on field turf all the time. We don't. So they have the intangibles on their side. But I think that we've got – they're going to want it, but I think we're going to want it more. And I I really think that we're going to come away from that game. As long as we can limit their run, we're going to come away happy. All right, Mitchell, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Mitchell talking about intangibles. I was pulling up, you know, the weather's always an intangible. It affects both teams. But I'll say this, and I, I talked to Coach about this earlier today at the before the press conference. The hotter it is in Charlotte, the more humid, I think that's a benefit to ECU. They've done nothing but practice in heat and humidity here. Uh, the hottest day in Greenville, the feel-like temperature in Boone was like 76. 
So uh, very little humidity in the mountains and very little heat. So I think the the hotter and the more humid it is, the better for East Carolina. It looks like it's going to be sunny in 81 degrees. I don't have a humidity check on that. But I think with the storm rolling through, it's going to roll through Wednesday. The remnants of this hurricane is when it's going to come through Charlotte. Uh, there could be some humidity left behind that, which I think is an intangible on East Carolina for East Carolina's benefit. Yeah, but Troy D, Appalachian is hot. They are hot. And not only are they hot, they are hot, hot, hot. Let's uh do you remember this gym, I, I, old I, live at five I listeners? Got, you know me. I like to usually clown the other team, but I listen, you gotta give them credit where credit's due. What a great jingle. Stands the test of time. This is now, their now uh it sounds like something they might have sung in church like back in the eighties. This is like, their war cry. But this is pretty good catchy jingle. This is a Troy D approved jingle right here. Appalachian is hot, hot, hot. This is from 2005. I remember jamming this on Live at Five years and years ago. Still relevant today. Shirley, let's hear it. change your opinion on the game one way or the other that was for our app state listeners oh my i don't know that's like some like did they let did, did they let the players listen to that like mac um mike mccarthy uh, watches uh austin powers, austin powers yeah, for his the, team that's their pre-game hype up in the locker room. oh my god kind of gets me going um yeah that seemed like some kind of camp song yeah 
That was 2005, not yeah. 1985. Yeah. Holy We've God. come a long way. Yeah. We've evolved as a society uh, since then. All right, we got to take a timeout. Uh, we'll come back more on ECU App State. We'll hear from Mike Houston, Blake Harrell. We'll make you a winner. We still got a ton to go on Pirate Radio And Live. prediction time clip. I've for Troy D. For months, and I'm ready to reveal it. He's got his mind, you'll heart, be, and gut prediction. You want me to do it on the other side of this break? We're saving to the end. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know. Now the anticipation is getting to me. I don't know if I can wait that long. We Let's have to do, it, do on, it on the other side of on this the other side. Let's of this see timeout. how hot Appalachian State is, according to Troy D. On the other side of this timeout, I will give you. I have not told anybody this. I have not even released it anywhere. World exclusive. My very first preseason prediction for ECU. World exclusive. Coming up next. All right, that's on the way. What is it? My heart, my mind, and my gut prediction. HMG prediction on the way. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center of Greenville's new extended care clinic is now open Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. so you can avoid the emergency department for any urgent orthopedics care. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Orthopedics East, providing services to Eastern North Carolina and the Pirate Nation for more than 35 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. And something feels different, Troy D. It just game on thursday doesn't even feel like a monday we're almost at the finish line to yeah. the start of the season this should be a wednesday like i'm i'm fired up yeah. I'm, I'm very monday's excited. the new wednesday when you're playing on thursday that excitement is time. that is the two words that uh describe this time excitement time. exactly hey earlier we were talking about whether this was ecu's first thursday night ever as a season opener and if you missed that uh it is not it's the second time the first time september 9th 1993 ECU playing Syracuse, and I had a friend remind me of this too. I was there as a student. That was, you know, that was back for younger Pirate fans. They won't remember this, but that was back when Thursday night football was a major deal. First of all, they only had one game on Thursday night. There weren't all these other channels. ESPN two was not probably even around. Correct. I don't even think it was around. So you were on ESPN. There weren't, and there were only like six, sixty, seventy cable channels anyway back then. and when ESPN rolled into town, I remember, I believe Mike Chirico did the game uh, because I remember interviewing him and meeting him when he was in Greenville and he was doing Thursday Night Football back then and how much he, you know, loved the ECU and Greenville. I mean, they rolled out the purple carpet for him, obviously. But that game, you know, that was what Monday Night Football would have been during Monday Night Football's peak, you know, back when that was on top, when that really meant something too. So it was a big deal to open up on thursday night football nowadays it's not i think it's lost some of the luster it's not as a big deal and they have a number of teams do it it's not exclusive anymore but that game will go down in history for ecu more well known for what happened in the stands perhaps than even what happened on the field because there was a situation i remember of some friends of mine that were in a fraternity back then 
the fraternities could get block seats and the and the students sat 50 yard line on the double deck side there was I, there wasn't even a upper deck at the time but on that side opposite of the press box the students sat basically 50 <clears throat> yard line all the way down to the end zone they had almost half the stadium for students seating back then there was no boneyard and the fraternities and sororities could get block seats and so they could all sit together well the fraternity i believe it was I don't want to say who it was. But anyway, one of the fraternities that I don't think is on campus anymore, they got late. They arrived late to the game, and guess what? Some other people were sitting in their seats. Well, those people didn't want to leave. They said, no, we're here. You weren't here. And one thing led to another. It was a night game. As you can imagine, they were young students. I'm sure there was some alcohol involved. And it escalated into a fight in the stands after the and. The, the myth was, though, it was never on ESPN. The ESPN cameras did not put it on. It was on, it was right there low where the local TV channels were, Channel 9, Channel 12, WITN, and they filmed it, and then they put it on this, the news that night, you know, fight at the game. And, it, you know, and they, it's not like there haven't been fights before, but this was, you know, a national TV game. So if this happened during the, a day or a 12 o'clock game, I think, and it wasn't on TV, it would have never been that big of a deal. But because it got on the news, it became a big deal. I'll never forget being vice president of student body back then. We were called into Dave Hart's office. And Dave Hart had a TV set up with a VCR at the time. And they were rolling back the footage. And it was like the uh, the film of Kennedy, you know, getting the shot. Zapruder yeah. Film. And he's rolling back it for, back and forth. I don't know. Back <laughs> and to the left. And he's like, back and to the I left. need you guys help to identify who these students are because we want to, you know, at the time they were going to, I don't not saying press charges, but they were going to put them on, up for the honor code or whatever the justice system is on campus, whatever they called it back then. And he wanted the names of the students that were involved because he goes, I know, you know, you guys know the Greek system and who are these people that were involved. And... I was like, wow. I was like, I'm not, you know, I was like, none of these people look familiar, Dave. I'm, wow. like, I'm not sure who Troy these D, are. not a rat. But one of my buddies who was the SGA treasurer at the time, who was in the fraternity, you could just see clearly coming out of like the top row, like WWE, and just clocking one of the guys that was starting a fight with his fraternity brothers, just clear as day. It's like, nah, I've never seen that guy before. Of course, he was on our executive council for student government. He ended up getting identified, and unfortunately, he lost, he had a step down from SGA as a result of it. Um, and some students, the guys that started it, were kicked out of school. Uh, so there was a lot of penalties that were issued back then from that fight. But you know, and, that, and they really kind of changed how they they started changing policies and how they did things and how they let group tickets go and. Uh, I believe after that, that not too long after that, I think they banned kegs. They used to be able to take kegs out of the tailgate field. Uh, all that changed really as a result of, of that night. And that, kids, is why we not, we're not allowed to have Thursday night season openers anymore. <laughs> right. That was that was part of the problem back then. So. Yeah, now right. we have reserved seats. It's not that big a deal. Cool, they neat do, story. They don't do block seating, but, uh, yeah. But that was a true story back then. A Thursday night to remember. Yeah, but I'll never forget being at Dave's office going – Man, I don't know if I'm going to be naming guys. You'll like, never, cool, neat story. You'll never forget that, but you didn't remember the game. I know, I didn't itself. remember the game. I do remember what happened at the game. Wow. I was like, this is not good. But Thursday, I, I remember the one, and I say I remember. I was there the Syracuse game with the downpour, 
but I was young. I don't remember what year it was, Troy. That was another Syracuse game at Dowdy Ficklin early in the year when there was a downpour. The hardest rain I remember was being in Columbia. At Scott Harley yeah, ran it all rained over so hard. Like it was the type of rain where you had to wring out your clothes at the end of the game. It was just so like you could have jumped in a pool and not gotten any wetter. Harley, uh, Harley in the rain. He had an unbelievable game. That was game, uh, unstoppable. Really, yeah, he could go like two hundred yards or something. Like no, I was in fact I was looking at it earlier today. ECU. Let's see, um, the records because we had uh, Shane Cardinal earlier in the show. Troy D. I heard, and I was looking Great at some uh, some records. Shane Cardinal has a lot of them, but single game rushing records. Uh, Scott Harley has two of them. The one you were talking about, 291, 291 against yeah, South wow. Carolina. Incredible. 351 against NC State. Wow. In Charlotte, I correct? I forgot about that. And, uh, and Chris Johnson. 350 yards he ran up on the Wolfpack. Yeah. Wow. Were both of those weather games, if I do recall? I um, mean, there, there are some games you know, over the pat when, when Scotty Montgomery was here. We didn't have 350 yards as a team. Yeah, true. Although, if you... <laughs> If you look at uh, Holt Naylor's passing yards, the single-game passing records, uh, Holt Naylor's has surpassed Shane Carden twice. Wow. Was that against SMU? SMU and Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he was throwing it all over the yard uh, at SMU a couple years ago. Pirates were big underdogs. Yeah. And they just kept going back and forth down the field scoring. Uh, Cincinnati in 2019, he had 535. I just remember that fourth and 20 fourth and forever oh, and they scored, scored on that fourth down. and 20 yeah and i was like geez but shane carden's records troy d uh some of them anyway for the career passing yards he has just about 1200 11 991 hold nailer sixth all time with 7093 so yeah, with a monster year he's gonna move up high this year he could catch him he's gonna surpass yeah. dominique davis yep. the cran man he's gonna surpass james pinkney in fact, he's going to be second all-time by the end of this year yeah. uh, in, behind Shane Carden in passing yards. Yeah, if not, there, there's probably something really bad happened. Correct. But he should absolutely finish second. And if he has an incredible year, uh, Shane's record could be in jeopardy. Yeah, so uh, so there you go. All right, uh, I tell you what, let's hear uh, – we got to get Troy D's game prediction. We'll do that at the end of this segment. We'll also make Fair you enough. a winner at the end of this segment but let's hear more from mike houston uh part three shirley from earlier today as he met with the media what extra challenges does going against an experienced team like this pose and how how do you feel you guys look against what you've seen so far on tape well i think that you know you're going against a group that's used to winning uh you're going against a group that's had a lot of success they've got a lot of confidence uh, you're going against a group that's played a lot of ball, and so they, they, you know, they have a lot of experience in big ball games. Um, so you know you're, you're facing a group that has uh, all the things that you need to, to win a championship, and so um, I think that's the biggest challenge. Uh, you know, our bunch. Uh, I think that you know we, we we played really well at times last year. We certainly finished strong. I think we've shown tremendous potential. Um, and I'll be honest, this, this is the, the most talented group that I've had since I've gotten here uh, because it's all the guys from last year, just bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, I'm confident that we're going to play well Thursday night. Uh, you know, the thing that we've got to do is we've got to go out and be able to, you know, consistently just play, you know, the brand of ball we got to play for four solid quarters. And uh, because it's going to be a game that, uh, you know, in order for us to win it, we're going to have to really battle down the stretch. And so uh, I think that's – that's something that uh, you know we'll be impressed upon the kids between now and kickoff. 
Thursday night, but uh, I'm excited about uh, watching our guys play. I'm excited about this game. I thought you guys are playing at night, but it's probably still going to be hot and you know warm conditions. So how much do you think that depth will come into factor in terms of trying to keep the guys fresh, but also having that increased depth, not only on defense, but maybe on the offensive line, right. uh, other places kind of rotate in on a hot night? Well, one thing our guys are accustomed to is playing in the heat. I mean, because it's been, it's been a cooker here the last couple of weeks in Greenville. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it first games, you know, first couple of games of the year, depth is always an issue uh, because no matter what you do during preseason camp, there's nothing that simulates a full, uh, you know, college football game. So, you know, it, uh, it is good. You know, we do have depth up front on the offensive line. We do have tremendous depth on the defensive line in the secondary and the linebacker. Uh, we have depth at running back. We have depth at the uh, receiver position. So it is a situation where we should be able to rotate some guys and keep them fresh, and that's the plan. We want to play a lot of people. Uh, now, that being said, I've told the, the players, you know, we want to play a lot of guys, but they got to earn the right to get on that field. And so, you know, this, is, this has been a big week from a standpoint of guys, you know, showing that they can be trusted, snap in and snap out, uh, and, you know, so, so you can figure out your rotations. You ended last year on a great note with SMU. How do you bottle that up and kind of bring it to Charlotte? Um, and how do veterans like Holden help this team who's never faced or seen a big crowd like this get ready for the game? Well, I think that uh, you know, certainly that momentum from last season carried over into the offseason. Uh, it was evident in our workouts. It's been evident throughout the summer. It's been evident throughout preseason camp. I mean, just, you know, the vibe on the practice field last night was – as, as good as you could you want, expect. Uh, I just I was really pleased with the way we practiced. Um, so I, th I think that the, the kids feel that momentum. You know, uh, they all want to go out and, and just kind of build on it. You know, we'd love to come out and play at that level in this opening game. Um, I think, you know, anytime you have an experienced quarterback, uh, that's certainly an asset. And Holton has plenty of experience. He's played in big ball games. He's had great performances. Um, you know, this will be nothing that uh, will really shake him or phase him. So I think, you know, the advantage is you're going to have a leader uh, that's going to have composure uh, and confidence uh, on that stage. And I think that's uh, certainly a plus uh, on our side. All right, there is Mike Houston from earlier today to hear Mike Houston, Blake Harrell, Donnie Kirkpatrick in their entirety. Check out Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. All the videos there for you to listen to and watch from earlier today mike houston said holton nailers has played in big ball games i think this is a i don't know if mark Lindsay said it but this is a certified big ball game coming up thursday Troy. this is a big ball game and honestly it is a big ball game for both of these teams uh this could really set the course for either one of these teams for great success week two tough for both teams uh east carolina has south carolina rolling into town app state goes on the road to miami Troy D. So week one, very important for both the Pirates and App State. Yeah, and you know, if the Pirates can be victorious, think about that momentum they bring into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium for the season opener at home against South Carolina, an SEC team, a team you may never see back in Greenville again, potentially. So um, that'll be a big, you know, <laughs> hate to say it, another big ball game, but that'll be on ESPN2 next week. Uh, I don't like, you know, I'm not a fan of the noon kickoff on home games, but uh, the the positive is, hey man, if, if you are successful and you take care of business, boy, you get a lot of exposure during the day with the highlights and the rest of the games. Definitely, definitely. Uh, by the way, quick game note for Saturday: Oklahoma and Tulane were going to play at Yulman Stadium in New Orleans. Obviously, 
uh with the hurricane rolling through there will not be a home football game there but the game goes on they will play in norman oklahoma oklahoma and tulane will and they have agreed to meet at a future date in new orleans so uh that game troy has been moved to noon saturday abc tulane and oklahoma in uh lincoln Riley's home turf there yeah so there you go tough uh, break for tulane definitely was going to get yeah. them Corey yeah, glore was going to be on the call huge money game for them too you got to figure out how many uh i wonder too what happens to all, uh, you got to figure a lot of the sooner fans they travel well we're going to go down to new orleans make a fun weekend out of it you know hurricane ida had other thoughts yeah, on that did. one all right uh let's get it let's get the official prediction for right. ecu I feel like we need prediction music almost well we don't yeah. have any so just make your prediction all right i tell you what i i've really gone back and forth on this clip but this is a you know it's not just a big game this is a big year for ecu football this is a what i am calling a transitional year that's what you're calling it for ecu football this is a transitional year yes ecu can transition now back to where the program once was with the success that hopefully they can recapture and to do that mike houston now in his third year mike is you know I, i never forget told me hey let's not worry about anything until year three as far as like hey having time to turn this thing around with what he inherited and i did have a chance to talk to holton today off the air for a little while and i just look this is a kid who grew up in greenville uh his dream was to play at east carolina he chose to come here over other places you know we're doing the app state ecu this is i'm building up to it okay all right just making sure this is his chance. This is his last. This is gonna could be his last year. You never know. But th- if he's gonna leave a destiny, uh, uh, if he is gonna make his mark and change the destiny of ECU football going forward, this is his year to do it. This is the chance. I've never seen him more confident. Uh, I think this is the best surrounding cast he's had since we've done it. And I feel that these guys, for the first time in a long time, believe in themselves. And there's been a culture of losing here, yes, for a number of years, but I believe that is changing. I think the culture this offseason has been about winning. And I think this team is going to pull the upset. I really believe it. If I had a bet money on it, I'd take the Pirates. And I think East Carolina will find a way to win. I do think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, this game could go easily either way. I think it's going to come down to the end. It's, it'll be a handful of plays that make the difference. But when it's all said and done Thursday night, I think East Carolina walks out of Charlotte 1-0 and with a 34-31 victory over App State. 34-31. to Now, a follow-up, Troy. You, uh, I asked for a prediction for this game. You got very big picture on me. Talked about Mike Houston, year three. Talked about Holt Naylor's growing up a Pirate fan. Well, I just feel like this is his time, and he knows it. And he knows if he's going to leave a mark on this program, this is his chance to do it. This season. And he knows how big this game is. Right. To do it, it's got to start Thursday. My question is, if they don't win this game, which is not right now something you're thinking about because you have them winning this game, but if they don't, are you is the season a wash no not okay at all. i just want to no, make I sure not, no i do not feel that way at all okay and i they could absolutely bounce back against south carolina but it is a huge momentum boost to win this game to build off of the the success they had towards the end of last year off that smu game which was a top 25 win back then over uh the mustangs to end the season and if they the, the problem with that was that was a great way to end the season i think 
gave them a lot of momentum in the offseason, the coaching staff and the players. But ECU, the fans weren't able to capitalize on that. that. You know, that seems like a long time ago. If the Pirates can win Thursday night, that is a legit road game win. I don't care how many fans we have. It's still a road game. We're, we're not playing in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And we technically were the away team. That's a legit win over a really good football team that you're a big underdog to on the road. You then, all of a sudden, I think it changes the equation for this season. And people are, that might be on the fence or not on the ship, so to speak, or paying attention might start paying attention and go, well, you know what? I need to, I want to see this team. I want to come see the South Carolina game. Then all of a sudden, there's a completely different vibe around that South Carolina season home opener next week. And man, I think people would be absolutely jacked up and fired up to start 1 and 0 over a win like App State and then take that momentum into South Carolina, which is a winnable game. This isn't the South Carolina, you know, of well, I would say of the 90s, but we used to beat the crap out of them in the 90s. I hope this is the South Carolina. Not the, the South Carolina of the early 10s right. with Spurrier. Correct. They, they did finish the season top 10, I believe, in one of those so years. Season is not over with an App State loss, but the season with a win, anything is uh, truly anything's possible. And that momentum, I think, will carry them really far. And that starting that early in the season instead of late makes all the difference in the world. Well, if you are able to win this game against App State, those two wins in a row dating back to last year, SMU and App State would be the best two-game winning streak ECU's been on probably since 2014 when the Pirates beat Virginia Tech and North Carolina back-to-back. They did it in 2015. They won back-to-back games against uh, Virginia Tech and SMU. SMU wasn't very good then, but Scotty beat... Who did he open up his uh, career with? It was an FCS opponent. Uh, and then they beat NC yeah. State. Was it North Carolina Central? It was Western Carolina and NC oh, State. Right. Yep. I'm saying if they beat App State, this will be the best two straight wins ECU's had since 2014 or 15, yep. Yep. which is a long time ago. Right. So that would be huge. But this is a much better team since from that team. If they can put it back to back, well, not well, who are you talking about? ECU, twenty four, yes, ECU's the two. The, if they beat these two teams back to back, that's a much better back to back win streak, and the Pirates are a much better team than they were back then. Not in twenty fourteen, Pirates were really good. Well, I saw about back to back when Scotty was here. Correct, that was yeah. twenty sixteen, right. which I'm not putting that in the equation. Okay. I'm, I'm bypassing that right. and going back to either fifteen or fourteen. Got you. So uh, that would say that the, what you were saying, that maybe you got something here. Well, and look, I team. talk a lot about Holton, but it is a team deal. The defense is going to have to step up and do the role. The offensive line is going to have to step up. The playmakers are going to have to have a running game. I mean, it, everybody's going to have to step up to beat a team like App State on the road. Uh, the, the days of thinking that's an easy win, as we said, we're the ones that – they might be overlooking pirates are we, ten and a half point dogs yeah in this game so there's not there's no overlooking app state they, they're the ones that are coming in here expecting to win so you're gonna have to take it away from them i just feel you do live and die with quarterback play and i just feel that this is could be holton's breakout year and this is the year that everybody's probably been wanting to see from him and hopefully that is what's going to happen all right troy d's we've prediction seen, we've seen glimpses in. of it before i mean it's there 
Yeah, I mean, so, if ECU's going to be the team that they could be, we need him to take another step. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, for sure. A little bit. Uh, all right, 317-1250. Let's open up the booty bag, Shirley Rhodes, on a Monday. <laughs> booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. What are we giving away on this Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live? Uh, how about lunch for two at tiebreakers? Lunch for two at TB's. Tiebreakers can be yours if you are caller number... 11. Caller 11, 317-1250. We got more to go on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 5 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $1,000 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. And congratulations to John Caton of Grimesland. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. As a matter of fact, he just left Tiebreakers just a couple of minutes ago and won a freebie on us. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. It is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now, let's head back into the show. Here is Clip Brock. All right, that's pretty cool. To leave Tiebreakers, tune in to Pirate Radio, win a Tiebreakers gift card. That's how you do it, folks. That is living right. I ate lunch there today. What'd you get? I got the lunch. Kind of wrap. No, I, did, I went lunch special today. I think it's like seven fifty. Your choice of sandwich or whatever's ever on the lunch menu, which is big, by the way, includes a drink and a side. So what did you I, get? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I got the burger with uh, the crinkle cut fries. Good call. Yeah. What kind of burger? Just a regular burger? Uh, cheeseburger. Okay. Less tomato and pickles. Because they do have uh, some gourmet burgers there. Yeah. Some, some no, there's the lunch, lunch special burger. All right. But that's a good seven fifty, man. Yeah. That's a great deal. Especially with all the food you get there. It's yeah. a big burger. Yeah. Got to give a shout out to my friends at Tiebreakers. Uh, uh, the game notes are out, Troy D. Love a stack of game notes. Yes. And love uh, this, too. This uh, is on the front page of the game notes. It says, feel free to call us East Carolina or ECU. Which didn't always say that, by the way. I've got an old game notes under Cecil's regime that said only for, for to us as ECU. Do not call us East Carolina. Right. right. I'll never forget that. I'm like, wow, the game notes said don't call us East Carolina. We're East Carolina. That's enough, Cecil. You got to get right, past I'm just stuff. saying, though, this is a change. I know, but you got to. we got to move on. <laughs> Too much of that talk today. You got to know where you've been to know where you're going. We know. Respect the past to honor the future. So you respect it. You respect all those. No, guys. remember the past. Okay, too. just making sure you said respect. <laughs> not that past. Uh, do not uh, refer to ECU as the following. It says we respectfully ask. Respectful. Respectfully See, ask. In the past, people called it wrong. That are the erroneous designation of Eastern Carolina or flawed yeah. abbreviations such as E Carolina. Well, hell, there's ESPN. East Caro, E Caro, EC never be used. They but it were E dot Carolina on every east espn game i see or there's another one and somebody made a good point i'll give credit to juan 
They left out eCar. eCar. Which will definitely be used by ESPN. Yeah, I've seen that before. Why? You can't leave out eCar. I do give, look, I give the folks credit trying to yeah. prevent that. But Couldn't obviously, the people. they can only make recommendations. This is not law. And there's no there's no teeth to this. Oh wow! As I was reading that, I got a nice quote tweet from HV3. Wow! How about that? So that'll get out there to the masses. Wow! Clip. That's big time. Is that the biggest person that's ever retweeted you other than me? <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> wow! I'm glad Chandler's here now these days because on Live at Five I had nobody to roll my eyes to. Now I can go like this, and Chandler and I are oh, making yeah. the same face. Yeah, it's you great. can roll your eyes together. It's a rollathon over here. Get Shirley in, and you get a three-way going. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> it's, it's Roll City, baby. I don't know, James. Uh, that's your pretty question. big time, though. That was quick by Harold. Var- Why isn't he on the uh, golf course practicing? Why is he spending so much time on Twitter? Maybe a little less time on Twitter, Harold, and we'd be winning some tournaments. That is a great point. Unfortunately, his season is over. Oh, it's Twitter away. After an Twitter awesome uh, tournament this past weekend, just did just not kidding. do enough. Oh, Sarcastic, but yeah. oh no, nah. I, I know exactly where you're going with that. Um, but no, he had a great tournament this past yeah. weekend, was not enough to get him in the top 30. Oh, man. But man, what a strong finish to the season! And we we'll yeah. talk about momentum, he's got a lot of mo heading into uh next PGA tour season. Yeah, he does. So. I thought we were not mentioning those names anymore. You just said mo, take it easy, pal. Oh, okay, yeah, way to keep and, me and, on my toes. And you keep yelling at me about Cecil. Good point. Enough of your mo. Point. Are you listening, Cecil? <laughs> Cecil. I'm trying to think of another Cecil now, and nobody's coming. Do you know many Cecils? I do. Do you? Yeah, my uncle's name is Cecil. Did you uh, disbar him from the family after Cecil Staten was here? <laughs> Jonathan's like, no. Troy, Troy would have. He would have never talked to his uncle Cecil yeah. because of Cecil Staten. Jonathan has a relative who's Cecil, and I like... Got to remember, it's not his fault. His name's Cecil. <laughs> you take Don't it out hold it against it. Every time you see him. Yeah. Uh, Troy, enjoyed it? Pirates 31, App State. I mean, Pirates 34, oh App State 31. ECU is undefeated to start the season. We're talking about 1-0 and when I'm here next week, Clip Rock. You've punched me like four times today. Sorry, I'm You are excited. Up. I am fired up. Excited, I, am, I am very excited. And I genuinely feel this is the Pirates' time to shine. This is a breakthrough moment for East Carolina, and I want to be here to talk about it with you next week. All right, for the 40th straight season, Troy D likes the Pirates' chances. No, no, I haven't always said that. Yes, you have. No. (laughs) This time I believe it. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm with you. Pirates uh, Pirates win. Pirate, well, pull the, they, look, they uh, pull my, the upset. Okay. It's an upset. I'll make my pick later this week. All right. Uh, takes App State. Troy D has. Troy, you're a true pirate. That's right. You're not like right. that. What do you call Rooster neck. Rooster neck. I was about to say chicken head. <laughs> By the way, Rooster neck, Billy Weaver will be with me after the game. Rooster neck is now part of the postgame team. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, we will uh, talk to you, Troy. Maybe uh, maybe we'll get you postgame Friday. Yeah, I might get you. PRL. Yeah, yeah let's let's do that. I might do I'll, that. I'll jump in with you Friday. Uh, to Sounds start good. the show with Tony Dunn Friday. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Done. All right. Uh, we will see you fine folks Tuesday, 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. What's the big deal, deal? Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.